Welcome to the Wise Guys Podcast. Wise Guys is your home to interact with the worldwide community of BYU fans in a variety of ways. We're your hosts, Dave McCann and Blaine Fowler. What you're about to hear is the audio recording from our weekly live broadcast. We invite you to join us for the show live every week to chat with us and with other BYU fans. You can find the schedule and watch live at wiseguys.com. That's ysguys.com. Thanks for listening and go Cougs. It is Tuesday. Weather's changing. The leaves have changed. The Halloween's getting closer. Welcome to the Wise Guys. Dave McCann, Blaine Fowler. You're back in the country. The band's back together after a, a week being apart, and the Cougs had a bye week. Now they're getting ready for football. All is right. Everything's back. Except for when I walked in the door. So I, I literally flew home, got up at 11 p.m. last night, our time here, yeah. and flew home from Amsterdam. And I walked in the door, and, I, and Alexa was lit up. And she said, freeze warning in Utah. I'm like, what? Yeah, it's coming. When's that coming? It's like Friday. There's a freeze warning for Friday. Yeah, you know, how it happens I, every how year. How came back to that? <laughs> it's, that just doesn't seem it's right. It's that whole autumn thing. Is there, a, is there a freeze warning Saturday in Fort Worth for, uh, for the BYU defense to stymie TCU? We got a lot to talk about. Welcome to the Wise Guys, the number one BYU sports live stream in the entire world. And uh, our good friends are already on the live stream uh, saying hello to us from as far away as New York. As close as Farmington, Utah, and Harriman over to Beaumont, Texas, uh, Henderson, Nevada. Uh, bring it on. We're excited to have you back, and we're excited to have survived the bye week. Yeah. Uh, and now it's football full speed ahead, uh, and we encourage you, as always, to uh, follow us on YouTube. Uh, we'll put the link in the chat, as we always do. Hit the subscribe button. It's free. It's also free on Facebook, and we're on Twitch, and ysguys.com, and yes, Mark Actual, this is the best That's night of the right. week. It is. Hey, don't forget to follow us on ysguys.com and subscribe so you can get our weekly email. Uh, in that email, you're going to get highlights from the show. It's free. Uh, we encourage you to check out our library of interviews. I mean, it's a massive library of interviews now, ranging from Danny Age to Marie Osmond to Mark Pope, uh, from Tom Homo to Sherry Dew. Uh, Jimmer Fredette, Mark Wilson, Steve Young, Ty Detmer, Chase Roberts. They're all waiting for you there at ysguys.com, ysguys.com. Um, and, I mean, it, it, we range from astronauts to musicians to athletes to governors to you name it. We that, got that, it. That, that is there for you, just waiting for you to go and uh, and download and take your AirBuds with you. Are they AirBuds or AirPods? What are they called? AirPods. Pods. I yeah, th- take I your AirPods pods. with you, download it, get on your bike, go for a ride before the freeze warning comes on Friday, and listen to whoever you want. So. Alan is with us from Wolfboro, New Hampshire. So, Alan, good to have you on the Wise Guys. Is and that our first New Hampshire? As, as it Alan feels like it. I feel like it, I haven't seen like New it. Hampshire before. Yeah, we're, so, we're, we're starting I, to pop up all over yeah, the place. Love it. Love it. Today. And we, and we, we love Lehigh and Harriman, too. Oh, yeah. Guys, so, don't yeah. get us wrong. Josh, we love Lehigh and, and, and John. And John from we Harriman. love Harriman. We love it all. So we got an awesome show tonight. We typically have awesome shows. Yeah. And this is right up there. Uh, the Cougars back in action. They play TCU Saturday. And we're going to visit with the last quarterback to play the Horned Frogs for BYU, Riley Nelson. 
And yes, he's the guy that got up and gave the official a high five yeah. after a two point conversion. Was it the Iconic fake spike photo? Was it the fake spike game? No, that was the bowl game. That was the bowl game. That, That's right. That was. Um, but he did. I love that but, you have the graphic video of this. Oh yeah, see that. See it. that high five right there. Those uh, on the podcast just envision a quarterback jumping up after getting across the goal line. The officials got his hands up in the air and he jumps up and gives him a know high if five. Riley's calves are still looking that good. Look how good Riley's calves. <laughs> Cougars are lost like that game, but we got the high five. So yeah. Riley's coming up. It's gonna be a lot of fun. We're, we're gonna visit or preview the Horn Frogs. Um, we're also going to visit with Corinne Nelson, the BYU alumni chapter um, chair for the Dallas-Fort Worth area. Corinne. Corinne. Oh, Corinne sorry, Corinne. Um, which, which we do every week. Find out what's going on with the Alumni Association down in that area. I, there's a big group oh, that yeah. always supports the Cougars when they're in the state of Texas. And remember that initially the TCU is saying, hey, we're not going to give BYU tickets yeah, BYU, out, they're BYU fans outside of their allotment. And now I have a feeling now that the Frogs have lost a few games, it's like, hey, if you want in, you can get in. And I think BYU is going to have a large what, contention. What did we say? We said BYU fans. Back at the beginning when they said that, we're like, no, BYU fans are sneakier than they're giving yeah. them credit we're, for. They'll go in they'll, with purple they'll shirts. They'll find some tickets. So, so that's, uh, that's all coming up. Let's start with some headlines. It's Kalani Sataki's 48th birthday today. And I asked this question on my Facebook page earlier. If you could give Kalani the gift of a win among the remaining teams on the schedule, who would it be? And here are some of the answers. Eric says, my gift would be a W at TCU. Corey says, Texas. Brooks says, Oklahoma. Daryl says, Oklahoma. William goes, TCU, Texas Tech, Iowa State, Oklahoma State, possibly Texas or Oklahoma, not both. Okay. Little, will, that, thanks, William, for some wow, wiggle room. Yeah. Yeah. Jeff says, Oklahoma. Mark says, all of them. But beating Sarkeesian in Austin would be great. So tonight we ask you the very same question on our live stream uh, and on YouTube and Twitch and Facebook. If you could give Kalani the gift of a win this week among the remaining teams on the schedule, who would it be? Give us your answer. Let us know what you think, and we'll talk about it throughout. Yeah. We also got some TV details yeah. for Texas Tech. That's right. They, they announced the, the Texas Tech game time and the outlet that will be uh, covered by. So this this game on October 21st, next Saturday, is 5 p.m. Mountain. It's going to be on Fox Sports 1. Um, so that's good. National game on Fox Sports 1. What game did we have on FS1? Was that the season opener against Sam it Houston? Was. I think it was. So you know where to find that. That's where you can find this one. Yep, FS1. and uh, uh, our game day coverage starts at three Mountain on that day. We're we're always going to do for we're going to do a two hour pregame show for every game, home or away, and then we'll come back for about an hour post game, depending on when we have to get out um, to fit the the TV time. But but two hours pregame every game, home or away, and so we'll be on at three uh, for that Texas Tech game. John Crowder says I'm giving Kalani the uh, win over Texas for his birthday. Yeah, that's the wish. That's, that's a that's a. The Longhorns I mean, looked really good for a long I, time I love, in that game the other day. the Texas one, but you know what? I think Oklahoma at home in front of the home crowd. They're going to have the college piece, football playoff implications coming to Provo because Oklahoma's not going to lose between no, now and then. That, they a, could be a t- win against three, Oklahoma two? at home in that environment, that could be epic. That could be the best one of the season. Yeah, Brent from Newport Beach, California. Uh, surfs up. Hope you're having a There's good no day. There's no freeze warning in Newport <laughs> Beach, I can tell you, Brent, right? Neil from Tucson, Arizona, in with the wise yeah. guys. So Saturday this week, that, that information was for Texas Tech right. next week. This is this week. Saturday, it's a 1.30 game mountain time on ESPN. The Frogs are favored by five. Which I don't understand. I don't either. They're three and three. They're one and two in the Big 12. Uh, they got wins uh, against Nichols State at Houston and SMU. Losses to Colorado at home. 
West Virginia at home, and then last weekend they got beat at Iowa State well, they're, and they're lost coming, their quarterback. They're coming off of back-to-back losses yeah. where, where they scored 21 and 14 points. And they lost their starting quarterback, who started every game so far this season. Now, their, their freshman was a highly touted freshman that came in and played well, but he's still a freshman. And guess what? Now he's got 19 throws on tape, and he played. He's not quite as mobile as their starter, Morris. But we'll get into it a little bit more yeah. later. But how are they still favored by five? I don't know, but I'm okay with it because that, I, we, the last thing we need is for BYU to go into a road game thinking they're the favorite until they beat one of these legit Big 12 teams. Yeah, I, I think Kalani loves it. Yeah, Kalani loves this idea that these guys have to go in with a chip on their shoulder and that they're you know, somehow being disrespected. And I think this, this team loves that. So, so this TCU game, 130 Mountain, it's on ESPN, so it's national. How about BYU's getting some national games in the middle of the day? Yeah. Right? So 130 Eastern, there's, there's the graphic for you. Um, or 130 Mountain will hit the air at 1130 Mountain Time um, for that, for that uh, pregame show. It's going to be a fun one. Uh, BYU Hall of Famer Austin Colley is going to join our crew. I sit down with L.J. Martin. He's going back to Texas, you know, freshman. A few months ago, he was running in the uh, Texas 5A Division II playoffs right. in El Paso. Um, uh, two hours of pregame coverage in our BYU TV studios, and Spencer will be over there at Ammon G. Carter Stadium in Fort Worth. Take you right up to kickoff, and then the live postgame show back on BYU TV. So we got a super Saturday yeah, yeah. Uh, ahead for us. By the way, uh, Josh says, I'm giving uh, Kalani the win against Oklahoma at home. See, there, there Happy you, birthday. That's what I'm talking about. Clearly <laughs> the team to beat in the Big 12. I think the combination of the fact that they're the team to beat right now nationally ranked they keep winning and i think they will just as you mentioned dave and it's a B, it's a byu it's in lavelle edwards could be a huge could be upset snowy at and home cold it and could be so fun so i'm i'm with you josh gibbons i'm i'm on that one so um let, let's let's talk about this this game a little bit more last time they met was in 2011 in cowboys stadium 3828 tcu win um as you mentioned so so Chandler Morris, for the second year in a row, is the starting quarterback for TCU. Right. And, uh, and he gets injured. Now, last year it was earlier in the season, and then Max Duggan comes a superhero in and the becomes one of the top quarterbacks in the country. Like, completely unexpected how he just picked it up and became this dynamic leader, right. playmaker, and led him all the way to the national championship game. But Chandler Morris is out, so now Josh Hoover is going to get the start. He's a 6'196 196-pound freshman. Um, he, like I, as I mentioned, he's a highly regarded recruit coming out of high school. Um, hasn't had a start yet. No. So he, he, he was 11 of 19 for 119 yards and a touchdown. He was rated the number 33 quarterback in the country coming out of high school. So he's talented, right? But is any freshman ready to play? Um, not very many. No. They're not. And, and usually a defense can throw a few things at you and get you confused. Yeah, You've been there. You know what it's like. Oh, yeah. I, hey, I remember very well. I remember yeah. as a sophomore getting in my first game as a sophomore. And um, I was a backup, but I got in a game. And the first time I dropped back to pass, Dave, I couldn't see anything. <laughs> like I, there was just people flying around. It was just colors all mixed in. So I just took off and ran. And I got to our sideline and ducked off on the sideline. And Mike Holmgren grabbed me, looked in the face, and he goes, what, what did you see? 
because obviously the receiver's open downfield. And I go, I saw this. And I just went like that. And he goes, it's okay. It'll sl- the game will slow down. <laughs> and then, you know, then fast forward a couple years down the road, I'm a redshirt junior. Um, yeah, I played in a bunch of games that year. We played Michigan for the national championship. Um, Robbie gets knocked out in the first quarter. I go in the game, and I remember thinking three plays in. Man, these guys are slower jumping these routes than our guys are in practice. Yeah. Our guys cheat in practice. It, there's such a difference between your third or fourth year and your first year um, and how fast the game appears to you. And Jay Hill loves to design a whole series of blitzes for young quarterbacks. Yeah, and Earl Carr says, uh, hey, Dave and Blaine, with them starting a, a freshman, I expect Jay Hill to throw confusing defenses at them. Yeah, but here, here's the thing. Sonny Dykes likes to throw the football, but you may see him temper that just a little bit with a young guy. They're going to try to run the football. Um, Bailey, their, their, re, their running back is – is a star. And he had 31 carries for 152 yeah. yards against Iowa State. So a quarterback goes out, and even though they are behind, they're just going to run it. I have a feeling that BYU is going to see a lot of Bailey on the ground yeah. on Saturday. They're, they're going to try to take the pressure off this young freshman, just let him play action pass. If they can get um, Bailey going, um, then that allows them to play action and hold those linebackers. Bailey's just really low to the ground, 5'9", 207 pounds. So he's kind of a low, low to the ground type of a guy. He runs with a really low pad level. He's gone over 100 yards four of the six games this season, so they've really relied on him. He's second in the Big 12. In, in rushing right now, that's he's fourth in the FBS with with 690 yards. Um, played his first two seasons at Louisiana, where he was really good. So he's a he transferred. Now remember, this TCU team um, is kind of a rebuild on on offense. On defense, they have eight starters back on defense this year to to start the season. Now they're missing their star linebacker up to this point. We may see him back in uh, Hodge, but um, but on offense. They lost their top two running backs, their top three wide receivers, and Max Duggan that we just talked about at quarterback. That's a lot of skilled firepower to lose yeah. and to try to replace. So they tried to do that through the transfer portal, like much like BYU. And, and one of the stars they found was Bailey, and he's been really good. So, so expect them to run it more than you would normally see a TCU team run it and take pressure off of Josh Hoover. Kellen Knight on our live stream is going to give us a scouting report right here. It says Josh Hoover went to my old high school, got to watch him play his junior and senior year. Kid can sling it. And then funny, uh, I get to see him play uh, at the Division One level on Saturday. Hope he plays well, but not that well. <laughs> Thank you for the insight. Um, so we're going to see a lot of Hoover. We'll see a lot of Bailey defensively for the Horn Frogs. Remember back in the day when when BYU played TCU and they just got shut down. TCU had top five defense in the country, and um, and they went through a four year phase. I mean BYU's lost four straight to these guys, but right. you got to go back to the Mountain West days. They couldn't do anything against them, and we'll ask Riley about that a little bit. But this is not them. And the they, last two games combined, they've given up. 416 rushing yards in those back-to-back defeats. And that's not that's not old-school TCU. That's t- today's TCU. Yeah, they're, they're built differently and designed differently to, to compete in the Big 12. Gary Patterson back in those days, the whole concept was built around defense and just smothering people with blitzing defense and, and sacks and tackles for loss. Tremendous athletes on the defensive side of the ball and a lot of speed on offense. But... But you think about those offenses. They had explosive players that made big plays, but they were they were more basic 
and more balanced with the run game back in those days. And and, and I mentioned uh, Hodge, Hodge has been playing all, all year at at, uh, at backer. Um, it's his running mate Johnny Hodges that uh, that has missed the last three games. Didn't play in the last three games um, because of injury. And this linebacking core is is the is the key to that defense. And Hodges, if he's back, like he's listed as a starter, he adds a bunch to that defense because he's just a tackling machine and he's a great leader out there. Um, they, they they have a veteran defense, veteran secondary. So I mentioned eight starters back from last year. But somehow they just have not been as effective no. as they were last year at stopping. And part of it is your offense – when you got Duggan out there and you're slinging the ball all over the you're place, scoring 40 points the ball, yeah. you're scoring a bunch of points, and yeah. teams are trying to play catch-up, it's it's a little different. They've been in some low-scoring games, and teams have been able to r- get a little bit of a lead and then run the football on this TCU team, which is interesting because that's not been BYU's strong suit this no, year. No, maybe this is the week they start yeah, running so, the football. So this has not been a good run defense, but BYU has not been scaring anybody with a run game. And so this is an interesting matchup in this one. CJ Nance uh, says hello from West Jordan. And then Kay Porter says a perfect night here in South Jordan for listening to Dave and Blaine. Thank you so for that, Kay, Kay Porter, you could go outside and shout, hey, CJ. Uh, both, and both maybe yep. he's your neighbor. Maybe he's, yeah. maybe he's in the neighborhood. Get to know, Say, get to know hey. each other. We want, we want all of our, <laughs> our people that, that follow us to know each other. So. And we've got Provo in, uh, which is awesome, yeah. right down the street. So, so that matchup, Dave, is interesting because they've been suspect – Defending the run, BYU's not been running that great. Now let let let's flip it on the other side. Um, what what has BYU done really well? They've defended the run really well this yeah. year. They've been pretty solid against the run. A couple of exceptions, of course, Kansas was that exception, but Kansas has been running the football on everybody. Uh, last week, as I watched Kansas, I went, "Hey, maybe we weren't as bad in that game as I thought. Maybe Kansas is really good." They went they're, off. They're playing good. They went off last week offensively. So BYU's pretty solid defending the run, and TCU's going to have to defend on the run. So so defend or, or, or depend on the run yeah. um, to help their offense this week. So this is this is going to be a really interesting matchup. And you know what? It may not be a crazy high-scoring game. The numbers are interesting. BYU averages 31 points. TCU averages 31.3. BYU allows 22.4. TCU allows 22. Uh, one of the more, more notable differences is TCU's averaging 16 more offensive plays per game than yeah. BYU. Because they're running the football. They run the wall. And, and so TCU averages 192 yards a game running, and BYU's averaging 62. I remember I said I don't care if they average. I think they need to average at least 80. Yeah. But I, I care more about how many yards per carry they average than what they get. I think they need to be effective enough to take pressure off of um, Keaton Slovis and set up the play-action game and the screen game. If you can't run it at all, then you're really one-dimensional. If you, if you can just run it, if you can just average four yards a carry and, and get around 80 yards, I'm okay with that. They don't have to go rush for 150 yards a game. LJ averaged four yards a carry against that's, Cincinnati. That's what they need to do. Yeah. That, that was enough. I'd like to see them get a little bit more, but 62 yards a, a game is not enough. And, and TCU, like we mentioned, 192.2. Uh, now, TCU's throwing it for 240 uh, or for... Uh, um, uh, passing it for 280 a game, BYU 255 a game. Um, so TCU's just a, a little more balanced. It's 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 the run that they've depended on more this year than maybe in past years. It's going to be interesting. I just think it's going to be interesting. Aiden Robbins, we might see him back. He's He got hurt early in the season and is trying to get healthy. Um, LJ's uh, completely healthy and uh, – 
Uh, and you know, we we saw Miles Davis for the first time against Cincinnati. He got to the and edge. now he's on the depth chart. And so between Deion Smith and LJ Martin and Miles Davis, that's uh, BYU's running contingent in the event that that Robbins doesn't get back for this week. Right. And then, I mean, who else might we see? Um, there's, you know, there's speculation on whether or not we're going to see um, Bennett linebacker. Yeah, Jay um, Hill today said probably not. Probably yeah. not for Bywater, which is a, which is unfortunate. Yeah, and but Ben's saying he is. Yeah. So we'll see. <laughs> yeah. Who we'll see was I know. By the Talon, way, we already know players don't get to decide, right? and we already know Talon Offrey's been saying for weeks. I'm yeah, ready to go. I'm ready to go. But it's, and so uh, so will we see Talon Offrey back? That's a big question. What about Cody Epps this week? Has this been yeah. enough? Has this been enough rest now where you've just put that bye week in there? Like, I hate bye weeks as a fan and broadcaster, but BYU needed that bye week. And, and can they get Keanu Hill and Cody Epps back full strength this week? Because I, with, I would the way like Chase, to think. The way Chase Roberts has been playing, um, the way that the transfers have come in and really melded into this offense, the way Isaac Rex is playing. And, and Slovis is healthy. Yeah, I, I, just, I just feel like... Um, this it's receiving a, core, if they can get those two guys healthy, is as deep and as strong as any receiving core in the league. It's a winnable game. Yeah. It's a winnable game on Saturday, and that should have all Cougar Nation excited I, to see what happens. I really love the development of Darius Laster while the yeah. while, while Epps and, and uh, Hill have just kind of been nursing injury. He's really developed into a go-to guy. And we've seen Keelan Marion, as he's learned the offense, have more and more of a role the last couple of weeks. So by week, another week to learn. But a week, so now, now throw those two guys back in there. That's a pretty formidable receiving core yeah. that Keaton Slovis and, has out there. And Parker Kingston, who played a little bit against Cincinnati, has had another full week to rest after getting nailed right. on the first play against the Jayhawks. And so throw in Kingston. Now you got six. Yep. You got your rotation of, yes. of six guys and Isaac Rex and uh, and a healthy Robbins and a or a, a healthy LJ Martin and a healthy Slovis and the offensive, and, and the line. offensive line should be 100% Lapuahu like, should be back. Right. They had they had the guys some guys nicked up in that last yeah. game. They toughed it out and beat Cincinnati. I think I think you're going to have a full complement. And then defensively, I mean other than the guys they lost before anything even started because they lost their st both starting safeties yeah. and Micah Harper and Talon Alfrey, they're still going to be missing those guys. I think they're pretty much healthy all around the board with everybody else. Kalani Sataki is happy that the bye week's over because he likes to play games. Yeah, we, we like him to play games. Let's hear, let's hear his remarks just for a couple of minutes. Uh, this is how he kicked off the week with the media as BYU prepares for TCU. Yeah, game week. Uh, I thought I was going to be able to skip this this week, but I guess uh, last week was for the bye, and this week uh, I know you guys missed me, so uh, here I'm back again. Um, excited for this uh, this stretch that's coming ahead of us, you know, with uh, this uh, this game against uh, TCU and, and us going out there to Fort Worth. Really excited about the matchup. Um, you know, this is a well-coached team, and, and you look at it, it's like I, I really like Sonny Dykes. Sonny and his wife Kate have been are amazing people and have been really kind to myself and my wife Timberly, and so we, we've had a lot of interactions with them, and not, not just in the uh, Big 12, but also with, with some of the things that we do as coaches with Nike and with Pebble Beach. And so I don't know what that means. That means I'm sorry, guys. Just got all kinds of distract. I look better without the light, so that works. All right, thank you. But, the, uh, yeah, so the um, 
I, I, I have a lot of uh, appreciation for what, what Sonny does as a, co as a coach and I think his wife, Kate, they're, they're amazing together and, and the things that they do leading young men, leading programs, and, and um, I, I consider him a friend. So looking forward to the matchup, but have tons of respect for him and his program. This team played for the national championship last year, so they have a lot of guys that have seen success and they're a really talented team. Um, we're, you know, we're, we're still kind of new into the Big 12, but we're still trying to find our identity, still trying to go through some things, and there's some things that I know that we want to improve on and uh, that we, we want to get better, but I really love the, the, the effort, the energy from our players. I like the way the culture is going. I love the leadership in our program. And so as we put this thing together, we'll see what, how the matchup goes up this weekend. But we, we feel really excited about the opportunities, and, um, and we, we're looking forward to the, to, to the game this week. I, I know it's, we're going to be on the road. It's hard to, to win at home in the Big 12. I know it's even harder to win on the road, but we're, we're, we're seeking our first uh, Big 12 road victory. So hopefully we can get that done uh, against a really talented team. Uh, like I said, we have a lot of respect for them, but we, we want to um, give them our best shot. We know we'll get theirs, and, and we'll just live with the results after that. So I'll take any questions you guys have. It's the head coach, Kalani Sataki, on Monday of this week, kind of setting the tone for, for what's ahead. And one thing, Blaine, that, that we've noticed is after last weekend, the landscape in the Big 12 is wide open and full of opportunities, especially, you know, Texas and Oklahoma. They looked, they played like the best two teams. Okay. Yeah. But everyone after that. It's, it's those two and it's then everybody all else. change. Let's talk about a couple of those games. And Riley Nelson's coming up and going to join us here in just a second on the Wise Guys. But first of all, last week, Oklahoma State, which has been playing terrible. Yeah, that, they looked like superstars last week. What in the world? They lost two games in a row. Then they got Kansas State, who won the league last year. Uh, won the conference title, uh, and Oklahoma State beat them 29-21 to 21 in Stillwater. And I'm just like, I thought Kansas State was going to destroy them. Yeah. And it, uh, so that was surprise number one, which goes, hey, you know what? Now Kansas State might not be what people thought, so maybe number three is wide open. Yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy to me because when you look at the stands in the league, you got, you got Oklahoma. And I'm just talking about league standings, not, not overall record, right? But, but you got Oklahoma at 3-0, and West Virginia at 2-0. And in West Virginia, by the way, is also four and one. And they were picked last. Who everybody thought might win one game this year. Right. What in the world is going on in West Virginia? So that thing's upside down. And kudos to, to them coming out and playing the way they're playing. They look good on both sides mm -hmm. of the ball. Um, Texas is two and one and five and one. Kansas is two and one and five and one. As I mentioned, if if you guys didn't get a chance to see Kansas last week. They looked really, really good with their week. backup. With their backup, and he's going to play again this week. Yeah, and and BYU's coaching staff was saying to us um, as they watched film because remember their starter was hurt um, quite a bit the year before, and they thought it didn't matter who played quarterback. They mm -hmm. felt like their backup quarterback was equally effective, a little bit different skill set, but equally effective. They're just got, they just have a lot of skill guys. And remember, Neil is a phenomenal running back. Yeah. I think Neil is arguably the best running back in the Big 12. And so Kansas is Kansas making a bid to be the number two, you know, that may, may be three. Uh, then Iowa State um, in the league now is two and one. They're just, they're just three and three overall. Texas Tech is two and one in the league, three and three overall. And here's, here's BYU at one and one, four and one overall. Hmm. 
Iowa State beat TCU, as we mentioned, 27-24. to 24. Texas Tech blew out Baylor. Baylor's a bust. They got beat 39-14. Yeah, they're, they're, they're the biggest surprise of the, they're, they're, so West, the whole West situation. So West Virginia's the biggest surprise in a positive way. They're going up, got, and, and then, the Bears and, coming and down. And Baylor at 1-2 and two in the league and 2-4 and four overall is the biggest negative surprise. It's a great year to play Baylor. Yeah. And Kansas play Baylor. beat UCF 51-22. UCF, it, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a while before they recover from leading Baylor 35-7 to seven and then getting beat two well, weeks ago. So here the, when you look at the four newcomers to the league, here, here's BYU at one and one in the league and four and one overall, um, and then the other three entries: Cincinnati zero and two, Houston zero and two, Central Florida zero and three. Cincinnati overall is two and three, Houston is two and three, and Central Florida is three and three. So of of the newcomers, BYU's had the best start, um, and nobody expected BYU to go and beat Arkansas on the road, right? And they they gave Kansas a, a good game. Um, We're going to find out a lot about BYU these next yeah, two weeks. The next couple weeks are, are key. But right now, if they can stay relatively healthy, I, I like their chances um, to win eight games. Yeah. I think I think Saturday's the swing game to eight. Yep. Saturday's the gateway to eight. Yep, gateway to eight. I um, like it. So Oklahoma went in and, and went into Dallas and beat wow. uh, Texas 34-30. They scored the winning touchdown and. In the last few seconds, Texas could not deal with the mobility of uh, of the Oklahoma quarterback, the yeah, one we Dylan saw Gabriel. against, uh, was it Central Florida yeah. years BYU, ago? BYU played him in the bowl game a yeah. couple years ago when he was a young and Zach Wilson kind of blew him up. And BYU had a great game plan against yeah. him. They built a fence in front of him. They they were really disciplined and not letting him get outside of containment. Well, and he was all over the place against Texas. Yeah. Yeah. And I was surprised because Texas beat Oklahoma 49 to nothing the year before. 49 to nothing. And now Oklahoma's all of a sudden shown up with some defense. This was their first real big test. They're good. Well, and, and think about it. Their, their new head coach it was considered the best defensive coordinator in college football for how many years? He comes in at Oklahoma, and they couldn't stop a soul last year. But you know what? How many kids transferred out of there um, when Lincoln Riley left? They, I mean, they a lot of I good think ones. They had like 19 starters leave. So he was rebuilding. Guys were learning a brand new system on both sides of the ball, really. They're, they're running, I guess, pretty much the same offense, but learning a whole new system defensively. Maybe he does know what he's doing, right? Maybe Venables is actually, because they're playing D. Yeah. And they're moving the ball like the old days. This Oklahoma team hey, looks good. We're going to see him next month. This week in the Big 12, Thursday night on FS1, it's West Virginia at Houston. Get a chance to see the Mountaineers. The Cougars will be down in the, 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 the country uh, what or November, early November, yeah, heading yeah. down to West Virginia. Saturday, BYU is at TCU. That's ESPN. Iowa State's at Cincinnati. Number twenty-three, Kansas is at Oak State. Kansas State is at Texas Tech, and then you got the big ones: Texas, Oklahoma. They're on a buy along with UCF and Baylor. Could really use a buy. So yeah, that's what's this week in the Big Twelve. Our first guest tonight played quarterback for, in 32 games at BYU, including 19 starts. He finished with 4,032 passing yards and 35 touchdowns. He also rushed for 858 yards and six touchdowns between 2009 and 2012. Uh, I think he broke most of the bones in his body, and he just kept playing. Just kept playing. Our pleasure to welcome Riley Nelson back to the Wise Guys. Riley, what do you think of this TCU game on Saturday? I think it's about time that BYU uh, catches some injury luck, meaning that I think then look, – look, bottom line is TCU, uh, you know, they had that historical year making a run all the way to the national championship. 
and uh, running the gauntlet, but uh, they were senior heavy, had a ton of talent. Also, anybody that could have played off that momentum as they should have and going to the league. And so they're rebuilding. And, uh, you know, for BYU to go on the road and, and play TCU in their first Big 12 uh, slate, it's good to catch them in a rebuilding year. And then even better to catch them when they're starting quarterback. You know, they're going to be breaking in a, a new QB. I don't know much about the backup. I don't know how many snaps he's taken. But, um, you know, to, to catch a team, well, it, it can be a little bit of a catch-22. If you're prepared defensively and you make life hard on them, it can work in your favor. If you allow, you know, the the, the team always tends to rally around when, when their starter goes down and rally around that backup, and, and you kind of get – they get a little bit of emotional lift. But if you come out with a well-designed game plan, you can kind of squelch that emotional lift pretty quickly and, and take care of business down there. So I – I'm optimistic for the Cougars. I think the, the injury to their quarterback uh, increases their chances. And I'm anxious to see what improvements, you know, they've made throughout the bye week and uh, and how that manifests on Saturday. You know, and O'Reilly, this, this is a, a BYU team that's really struggled to run the football. Um, and, and Dave and I were just talking about the fact that this is a, a TCU team that, especially in the last couple of games, hasn't been able to stop people. From, from running the football. They've been in low-scoring games with other teams getting the ball and in the second half just running it and taking the air out of the ball and they haven't been able to get off the field. Um, is that something – is this is this the week that we see BYU finally break out and run the football a little bit? Uh, just over 60 yards a game running the football so far this season. That That's just not good enough, is it? No, not by any stretch of the imagination, especially if you – want your quarterback to succeed. Uh, the quarterback, well, he gets all the – I mean, he is the product of his environment. He can obviously add a – he can be a catalyst and take what is a good environment and make it great. But if the environment's no good, there's there's nobody out there. I don't care who it is. I don't care if it's Patrick Mahomes at the pro level or Josh Allen or at the college level, you know, a Caleb Williams type dude. Like, if you, if you don't have – if you don't have – you know, your receivers make a play on your behalf, that O-line open up holes for your running backs and that and running backs taking advantage of those holes to to make sure that the defense can't just key on you. Like everybody's set up for failure. So it, it could be a get right game. Um, but man, we, I feel like we've thought that a couple of times already during this season and the offensive, whether it's the offensive line or the running back has continued to sputter. Um, I don't know. You guys are a little bit closer to it than I am these days. I, I felt like Kalani hinted um, really, you know, th that Friday night it, before that Cincinnati game hinted about Aiden Robbins and the fact that he might be able to finally get right after the bye week and providing a little bit of change of pace in the back. Although I do think LJ Martin's been very serviceable. Um, but uh, Kalani has alluded to the fact that on the other end of this bye week, they could be a different team as far as getting guys with nagging injuries back. And hopefully that is that manifests itself with the five dudes up front and the, and in the running back room. In your day, you weren't afraid to run and you had some wheels and that was uh, Taysom did too. And, and Cougar quarterbacks that have been able to do that as we've seen BYU's defense, try to deal with quarterbacks who are mobile and kind of a dual threat. Keaton's not a dual threat. Uh, running is not his thing. That's why he's thrown for over 11,000 yards. What What do you think are the keys for Keaton over these next seven games? Stay healthy. You, you just mentioned it, being a mobile target, stay healthy. And, you know, I, you've mentioned the injuries that I battled. and uh, It tends to be a little – and obviously Taysom did too. Although Taysom, well, 
I was, I, he was probably 50-50, I think, between his resulting in contact and others that were just kind of fluke. Like his Liz Frank versus Nebraska, obviously, was a fluke. But then his yeah. elbow, he's trying to hurdle someone. His obviously, knee. when he blew out his knee his, his freshman year. Okay, so maybe getting out and going <laughs> isn't the best thing for quarterback's health. But uh, bottom line is, in today's day and age, um, uh, quarterbacks are best when they can extend the play, especially if uh, it just takes a lot of pressure. It increases your margin of error, takes a lot of pressure off the offensive line, and then also gives your receivers a greater opportunity to work and uh, exhibit their playmaking ability. So uh, to the degree that he can continue to to do that, it, it takes pressure off himself. It takes pressure off Roderick and Fessy to design and call the exact right play at the exact right time. I'm not saying go full like Caleb Williams where it looks like every drop back, you know, he's drawn the play up in the dirt. Um, but uh, to the degree that he can extend plays either within the pocket or, you know, mildly outside the pocket to where he feels uh, comfortable and keep himself healthy, I think that'll be a great, uh, you know, game-by-game progression that will help strengthen this Cougar offense as the season goes on. Let's play a game here for a sec. Uh, it's first and 10 at the 25 because TCU kicked the ball out of the end zone. BYU's got the ball. Okay, the team hasn't been able to run, but they've been practicing for two weeks to get that going. The receivers are healthy and everything you just described. You're Aaron Roderick. What's the first play that you're calling on first and 10 from the 25 after a two-week period? Yeah, so it's a little bit of a catch-22. I I call what we're best at. And observing Keaton Slovis, I think that would probably be some form of a shotgun, shotgun, maybe not pure quick game, but kind of intermediate game. Because here's the thing, uh, both fans – and look, fans aren't going to totally do it, but there's going to be a lot of Cougar blue down there in Fort Worth. And, and uh, of course all the, you know, hundreds of, thousands, hundreds of thousands or millions of Cougar fans watching on TV. If you come out and you hand that ball off and you get stuff for no gain or heaven forbid you like lose two yards, it's just going to just deflate. So right, that's why I'm saying you're Aaron Roderick. The pressure's yeah. on you. What are you calling? Yeah. So, so I'm calling, I, so, but I'm, Let's say we're on the left hash, bunch right, 54. That's a common concept, Lane. I don't know what you call it, but for us, so that's bunch. So as you look at the triangle, the outside leg of the triangle is running a zone sit. The top of the triangle is running uh, a flag, and then the inside of the triangle is running uh, for the horizontal stretch, and then the inside is running an arrow for the flat stretch, and you're trying to clear open a nice zone window to get a a good six-yard completion. So, And then on the backside, if – they overload it there. You just got a nice little slant or, a, a, you know, it can be a check with me route, but a slant or a, a quick out. Get Keaton to get a completion, have a positive outcome on the first play and take a little bit. And then and then on second and four, then hand the ball off. Because second and four, and if you lose a yard, then you're only in second and five. Or if it's kind of a no gain, you're still in the third and manageable. But that that's what I do. You stick okay. with what you do best, and you try and get good mojo going from the outset. So you're yeah. throwing it, and then you're running yeah, it. Yeah, I, li- I like – the, the idea of get him just an easy complete. One of those balls, there's throws in that offense, you know, Riley and I know, that you can complete 95% of the time. You know, you, you can go get, and, and, and maybe you complete it and you only get three yards. Um, and I'd even be okay with that. But but typically, you throw the ball out there, even if it's a, um, even if it's a quick screen um, out to a bunch where you complete a ball, you're going to get a minimum of three yards. You might get seven yards. But you get a complete under your belt, and now you get positive yardage on the first play. And it kind of, everybody just kind of goes, <gasps> like they take a breath after yeah. you get that complete, right? I'm 100% with you on that. If it were me, I'd call a, I'd call a, a zone action bootleg and just get, get myself a nice little 
you know, triangle read with the flat and the over and the trail. Yep. And, uh, and, and if I don't like it, so again, nice easy completion. The other thing is I, with a zone concept, you're hanging that end, right? We're booting that end. So it immediately gets his mind. It, it well, first of all, it gives the box a look. Uh, is he chasing heel line? Uh, to allow us to be out, you know, get out there and have more boots and maybe rather than a short to intermediate boot, roll around for, uh, you know, for a shot that takes a little bit longer down the field. Or, uh, or is he going to be hesitant, which means that our zone that our, we can give the feedback to our running backs that he's maybe going to have a cutback. Um, but, you know, come out and go one to two to one to two to trail. And if you don't like any of it, if it's me, you know, I go and get four or six yards uh, with my legs. If it's, if it's Keaton, uh, you know, he maybe throws it to the flat guy who's maybe a little bit covered, you know, Isaac right in the flat right. for no gain or yeah. one yard. But yeah. there, that's my that's my second option there. A lot of people say that doesn't make any sense to call play action on the first play, but you can still learn a lot if it's executed yeah, you, properly. You, you can still you learn can a lot even if you haven't run And if yet. they're fired up, Riley, and they're thinking run, then, then maybe you get their backers to react to the run fake on that first play because they're so juiced up and ready to go. That you yeah, they haven't stopped the run for two games, so you know they yeah. got to be focused on that. So, but yeah. hey, the thing we all agree on is give Keaton a, a, a completion and, yeah. and have a positive yardage play, even if it's only three or four yards on first down to get things going. I'm, I'm with you. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, hey, hey, former BYU quarterback and, and former radio analyst Riley Nelson is on the Wise Guys Live on YouTube, Facebook, Twitch, and YSGuys.com with us. Riley, we're so glad you, you, you're with us. You faced TCU three times while you were at BYU. 2009, you were Max's backup, Max Hall. Frogs were number eight that year um, and won 38-7. Uh, 2010, as Jay keeps backup, Frogs number four, uh, 31-3. And you were the starter in 2011 uh, at Cowboys Stadium uh, against the Frogs, um, 38-28. It's a lot of Frogs wins. The Frogs were really good back in those days, weren't <laughs> yeah. they? They were really Gary, good. Gary Patterson, Gary Patterson um, he had like a very healthy dislike for BYU <laughs> such that they always had their team so well prepared and – they were really in their groove. I mean, they had a lot of pros on those teams. Obviously, Andy Dalton was out there, but you know, Jeremy Curley was another guy yeah. who gave problems in the secondary. Uh, I played against a linebacker named Tank Carter, who I think was oh, a yeah. third-round draft mm -hmm. pick, and uh, you know, who who was the captain of that defense. But yeah, he always had him. I I do feel a little bit badly about you know my the loss that I actually started in because um, I threw a pick in the end zone. I got too cute. I I. I, the guy was playing inside on Ross, and I thought, oh, let's throw him a slant uh, or let's throw him a sluggo um, where I, I had him on a quick in. I should have just let Ross use his big body and throw a body throw and just gone with the slant even though he's playing inside. Instead, I do a sluggo. Ross, uh, you know, Ross slips as he's coming out of his break, and I let the ball go. You know, I tried to let it go early. And as he slips, the guy goes back, catches it in the end zone. Anyway, those are the worst. <laughs> interceptions in uh, all interceptions are bad, but interceptions in the end zone are the worst. And that we were keeping, we were going score for score for them. Yeah. And I, I, I think we were. That was either to tie it or to go up. But anyway, you know, I gave away any chance at points, and then they go down and score and made it a two possession game, and we we're never able to close the gap. 
So it, it's it's amazing how when, when you played, you always remember you, your oh, interceptions. Oh, you remember the bad plays. You just always remember like, why did I throw that? Or you even remember the ones where you threw a decent ball and the receiver tipped it up in the air and it got and it got picked. But yeah. hey, right, there's a lot going on 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 the chat um, with our folks all around the world. They're listening in and and a lot of talk about um, hey, you know, TCU's got to play a freshman quarterback right now because because Morris is out. Um, and they were saying, hey, does this transfer portal thing? Make it harder to get young quarterbacks and keep them in the program um, because they all want to play right now. So if they're not the starter as a freshman, um, everybody's looking to get out and they go transfer someplace. Do, do you think it's going to make it more difficult for programs to develop quarterbacks over time, and especially for BYU? Um, or has BYU got a unique situation where maybe they can keep guys and develop them like they have the last several years? You know, their last two guys are guys that came all the way up through the program. Keaton Slovis, of course, is a transfer, but they they haven't been the transfer portal place. Is that all going to change? That's what everybody's asking on the chat tonight. That's a great question, and uh, man, I wish I if I wish I had a crystal ball. I I could make a lot of money consulting these programs and working with their recruiting consultants, whether or not to bet on high school kids or or transfers. Uh, I do believe that um yeah it is going the the dynamics for kids coming out especially quarterback which has an interesting dynamic because it's not like you can work a guy into a rotation uh it's all or nothing that one guy's playing and everybody else is not playing and uh so i see kind of what i see obviously you're gonna have your p5 to p5s but what i see more are the the opportunity of using uh you know g5 you get a guy honestly like uh, it was a little bit me like i went to utah state out of high school for different circumstances and you know byu obviously thought i was good enough to make the step up from at that time it was the mac to the mountain west but the caliber of programs between utah state and byu and i was able to come in and and uh you know kind of level up in my college career and contribute at, at that higher level because of what i had proven at a little bit of a lower level of college and i think you're going to see it kind of turn into a little bit of a farm system where high school quarterbacks, except for the very exceptional few who come in, who are able to come in and compete right away are going to be left with tough choices. So from the school standpoint, yeah, they're going to, they're going to be using like farm system and free agency, uh, you know, picking from lower levels and going out and trying to find a commodity to contribute now Uh, from the player standpoint, it's all going to be about how much do they believe, uh, that they made the right decision to be where they're at, and then how dedicated are they to continue to progress uh, their individual technique and mechanics and mastery of the position uh, and stick it out where they are waiting for you know their one opportunity, and they, and they may only get one, uh, but are they going to prepare enough to be able to capitalize on it? It is, it is uh, These are uncharted waters, and uh, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out, but I do think, at least as it see, sits now, guys are going to go to transfer portal first, rather than to, you know, high school stadiums on Friday nights. I, and I, th- I think, you know, Dave and I have talked about this on, on the show quite a bit. You know, your ability to go get great quarterbacks, whether it's in the transfer portal or to sign top 15-level quarterbacks out of high school, um, depends a lot on how your guys do at the next level. So so right now you got Zach Wilson, who seems to be rounding into, 
a, a guy that's he's earning some respect back, I would say, here with the Jets now, which is great to see. I thought he was in a horrific situation yeah. up to this point, and and you know he's kind of playing his way out of it. Which kudos to to Zach. We know he's got the skill set to do it. He's got to be in the right situation and uh, doing good. Um, you got Jaron Hall who gets drafted. If Keaton Slovis can catch fire down the stretch here and somehow also get drafted, and now you got back to back to back draft picks at that position, does that change who you can go get? I think it does. I think, uh, despite, yeah, I, I mean, obviously putting dudes in the next level, I still think first and foremost is you have to win and be relevant, uh, on, uh, like in the conference, like BYU, uh, I think if Keaton Slobs can do that and BYU can finish in the top half of the big 12. Right. And, uh, uh you know, kind of maybe surprise some people. They were picked eighth, I believe. Is that right? Right. Season polls. Eighth or ninth, depending on which poll. Yeah. Yeah. So, so if they can outkick their coverage and end up somewhere around, even if it's fifth or sixth or, you know, somehow sneak into like that fourth, fourth position or somewhere there. And so you can prove that in year one, you came in, you immediately competed at the top of your conference. Oh, and by the way, you just put your third draft pick at that position. And also Roderick is one of the most respected play callers in college football amongst pro, you know, pro talent evaluators and, and pro offenses. And he runs a pro style offense. Yeah. I, th- I think it does change the dynamic of, of who they got. The other thing that uh, I would say they need to add to that is, um, got to beef up those wide receivers like you gotta like not that not that the guys aren't great but like every quarterback wants weapons i talked about being able to take some of the pressure off the quarterback and knowing that you have more than one option of a guy that can either take the top off the defense or a guy that's gonna win 80 percent of his 50 50 balls or a guy that somehow is just always gonna find that soft spot on the in the zone um, so th- there you go. Those are those are the three things I'd say. You got to win first and foremost. Second, if Slovis can get drafted again back to back to back is awesome. And then if you can get some exciting rec- uh, wide receiver talent, I think you know BYU is going to be in a position to have their pick of the litter, so to speak. Yeah, you just you just need Puka Nakua. Every just year. need a few Pukas. Right? <laughs> yeah, just Pukas. find a bunch of those guys. BYU has picked eleventh in the well, preseason right. poll. If you right. think about it. Holy cow! They they. Uh, they, they were picked 11th, and they're, they're on the move up. Riley Nelson's with us. In a moment, he's going to reveal his top five left-handed quarterbacks That's of all time. Right. We're excited about it. But earlier in the show, we showed a picture. We're going to talk to you about it. It's in that game, you were playing the Frogs at Cowboys Stadium. You get a two-point conversion. You know where we're going. Um, you get the ball across the goal line. You look up, and the official's got his hands up in the air, signaling that, that you'd converted it, and you jump up there and slap him a high five, which might have been the highlight of the game. It's certainly <laughs> the play that we've been talking about since, since then. Um, and not everyone does that, and that's what made it unique. And let's uh, – if Miranda, can we show that picture again? Um, and uh, it's a great angle by the Deseret News. really shows your leaping ability, which is, which is quite impressive. But uh, what were you thinking uh, as we look at this picture? What were you thinking when you got up and there's the ref and you go, I'm going to give him a high five? Well, the first thing is uh, uh, that ref was 6'4". Yeah, and I was even if say, he that w- dude's tall. <laughs> well, and even, and even if he weren't, I jumped like I was probably four or five feet away from him. So to like not invade his personal space, I, I jumped to slap his hand. So like I didn't like get in his space to meet him. But yeah, I was always given guff for like, I'll say this. Uh, the number one thing I get when fans meet me in person, even still, is 
you're taller than I thought. Somehow the word got out that I was like five eight or five nine, and so everybody's surprised to see that I squoze, you know, barely six feet out of it. Which I'm, you know, when you're at that, you got to count every eighth of an inch. That's right. Did, but the, that, did the line judge say anything to you after? No, he didn't say anything. I said something to him. So I go in, and if you go and watch the clip on YouTube, you see that I, I'm taking, you know, it's a race for the pylon, and I get I get very low to the ground as I dive for the pylon. And I was, I mean, I, my body's horizontal, probably no more than six inches off the ground, but I could feel it. So I knew it was a close, close call. And, but I also knew as I reached out, I felt the ball hit the pylon before any of my body parts hit the ground. So I knew I was in and I knew it was good, but I also knew I was getting hit at the same time. So it was going to be a messy call. Yeah. Um, pre- previously on that drive, they had called a pass interference, not that ref, but that crew had called an offensive pass interference and a holding call. Oh, man. He had to overcome both of those. <laughs> so and I was a little bit uh, mad at the refs. And this, <laughs> I, I, I feel bad, but the truth is the truth because it always kind of uh, deflates the story a little bit. But I stand up, and if you notice, I give him a quick point, uh, and I, I said, I said, at least get this one right. Oh, and then no. when, <laughs> oh, no. And then when he put his hands up in the air – I slapped his hand high five and sarcastically <laughs> said as I go away, good job. So, so there was some spite. There was some spite involved in that moment. The offensive pass interference, I, it was on <laughs> Cody or Ross, but it was like one of the worst calls. And then, a, and then you know, it's rare when an offensive lineman holds, they're kind of just quiet and, and yeah. like, and, and get back to business. But it, I believe, um, I, I think it was on like Braden Hansen. Um, or, or it might have been on Braden Brown, one of the Bradens on the right side of my line. But they came back and they were like, Riley, I didn't touch the dude. I don't know where they came up with that call. So I was I was a little bit upset with the refs. So when he finally, you know, got the call right on a two point, which I knew was good, I had to I had to reinforce positive behavior. So that's what I was doing. <laughs> I love it. That's great to get the rest of the story that's after right. all this time. Now, and now the rest of the story. So hey, Riley, what what's it mean to alums? to have BYU in the big 12 now? Uh, it means, it means a ton. I'll, I'll admit I've maybe poo pooed it to a degree, partly because guys, if I'm being honest, like I made fun may, and still do like made fun of Utah fans so badly. Like I thought it was so ridiculous to see people walking around with shirts where the PAC 12 logo was bigger than the U of U logo. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And like all all the stickers on the back windows of trucks with the Pac-12 sticker, like you're a Utah fan. Cheer for the Utes. Like what's with all this like conference thing? So I was, part of it was like, I couldn't, I couldn't go, I couldn't celebrate it because I had made fun of the Utes for celebrating it. And <laughs> there was a, maybe a little bit of envy there, um, but it's huge. I mean, you look what's going on uh, even across the sports. Did you, uh, did you guys watch, it was a couple of weeks ago when uh, our girls volleyball team was playing Texas on FS1. Yeah, yes. Yeah. I mean, that environment looked awesome. I'd never, I, I'd never really seen a girls volleyball environment outside of the field house that was like, that even compared to BYU and sure enough, Texas is down there and they're rocking and it was a tough competitive game. And then you look at what women's soccer is doing. And um, of course, all that's gone on with football, even though they're only a couple games into their big 12 slate, but it's just a, it's a lot of validation of a lot of uh, of a lot of years of I'll just be honest of frustration yeah. of feeling like you're kind of on the outside looking in and even though we kind of snuck our way in in 1984 felt like there was other years where we had you know 
we had some squads out there, but because of conference affiliation or schedule alignment or whatever, never got the full opportunity to prove it. Well, now there's no more excuses for anybody else to leave us out of the dance. We have an equal seat at the table, and now the the responsibility is fully on us to perform. And for BYU fans, like maybe not every every year, because let's no one's kidding themselves thinking that you know we're, uh, that we're dealing with a Georgia or an Alabama or Ohio State. But just like TC, like what's is BYU that much different from TCU that like last year, you know, they made a run into the playoffs and got in the national championship game. Like what's keeping BYU from doing that? In my opinion, nothing. And that's all you can ask is a puncher's chance on the right state stage and not to be disqualified for something as, you know, superfluous as conference affiliation. Well said it's Kalani's birthday. So we started the show asking uh, folks the question, if you could give Kalani the gift of a win among the remaining teams on the schedule for his birthday, uh, who would it be? Who would you give him? Oklahoma, because they're the uh, having beaten Texas, they're the big dog now. And uh, you know, being part of that 2009 team, I I, I feel like I, that was that was such a hallmark even back then, and it's so remembered. And to be the best, you got to beat the best. And even if they don't happen to be able to beat all the rest of the teams, if you can beat the you know number one seed in the conference, which is you look at Oklahoma's schedule, I mean, the reality is the Big 12 is a gauntlet, so Oklahoma could lose any given week. But at this stage, it's looking like they're going to be undefeated in conference play by the time that they line up against the Cougars. So as much as I want that win over Texas, because I get so tired of the media <laughs> hyping up Texas every year right. and then falling short every year. Um, as much as I'd love that one, I would uh, give the nod to Oklahoma because they're sitting atop right now. Yeah, do do I really have here. to be on the same page on everything tonight? Well, you guys are quarterbacks. <laughs> yeah. The only he, difference is you are yeah, right-handed and he was left-handed. Over the years, uh, uh, Riley and I have we've noticed that we do think alike on a lot of things for sure. You betcha. So, yeah, Riley, so. I know you've been thinking about this, and let's roll it out uh, for, for the world to hear the top five left-handed quarterbacks of all time. Top five quarterbacks, you can drop names left and right. Top five left-handed quarterbacks, you have to think that through. And so who do you got? Uh, is – well, first of all, have you guys already laid out yours? Or are you saving yours for the end of no, the show? No, no, no. We don't, even, we don't even have ours. We're not left-handed. Oh, so this is a lefty's honor only. This okay, a, well, yeah, then I'm is, honored. This yeah. is you. You get to do this. Okay. All right. Now, you can, go, no the, you can go one the through top, five or five to one. I'm the top left-handed quarterback in Utah high school football history is Riley without question. Yeah. <laughs> like, I appreciate that. 80, Although, I got, I got one on my list to – I got one on my list who a lot of people forget about. 84, he, 84 touchdowns and over 4,000 yards? Tell me it's not going to be. It, tell me it's, it's not like, going to be uh, no. the analyst of the Utes. Okay, all right. I'll get there, Dave. Okay. No. no Number you one, there, there no. is there, there's no <laughs> other alternative. Like, he is – you want to – he he could be argued for top five all time, no matter what hand. That's number eight. We love him. Like he's yeah. our man. He's he's our boy. It's Steve Young. Steve it's Young. not it's even a great, choice. Yeah. great choice. Great uh, choice. He's the greatest. He's the greatest college yeah. quarterback to go on. After number one, like, it gets a little fuzzy. Yeah. So, then, but no, that's that's a hands down. We we gotta agree with you on that one, right? Okay, who you got? Who's next? Uh, Mike Vick, for me. So oh, you mentioned Vick, that's right. You you mentioned I like to run around. Yeah, he was. Uh, I was probably in middle school when he was at Virginia Tech. And then, you know, he was young as I was in high school and and uh, I bought it. You know, he came out with this pair of Mike Vick cleats. I bought his cleats and running around <laughs> and having that lefty arm and that lefty cannon. And, of course, 
you know, the controversy was tough to see, but the other aspect why I love him is he, he made right by that. He paid his debt to society. He changed his ways. He came back and with Andy Reid, had a great little second life there with the Eagles. Yeah. But, uh, I, but I, man, Mike Vick, man, even going all the way back to those Virginia Tech days and then the Falcons days and the Eagles days. It was unstoppable. Mike Didn't Vick you is, love is there um, for me. the relationship that he and Andy Reid, like Andy yep. Reid was just, no, I'll take him. He's yeah. like, I'll take him. And Mike Vick still to this day looks like to Andy Reid is is not not necessarily a father figure, but really maybe almost like a father figure. Like, hey, yeah. nobody else would take a chance on me. And Andy Reid said, I'll trust him. I'll take a chance yep. on him. And how about Ty Demmer? Yeah. Was also a, a kind of a quarterback Ty, coach. Ty was there Vick. with Mike, Mike Vick. So, yeah, no, it was – yeah, I love the relationship that Andy Reid and Michael Vick had back in those days. Okay, number three. So, yeah, I – so – Blaine mentioned prep QBs and yeah, I mean, my, my stats stand for themselves. It's interesting when you evaluate at a different level, people always talk about what they do beyond, but yeah, my number three prepped here at Springville high. And just like I will defend Zach to the death or Jaren, Jaren to the death, <laughs> Go ahead, all these guys that make it to the pros that prepped here in Utah for little kids like me growing up in Logan. It's great to see that someone growing up in Utah, which is so often overlooked from a prep football standpoint, when they make it to the league, you got to have their back. And so, uh, yeah, Scott Mitchell is is my number three. Good friend of mine, can, and he's yeah, never going to be the same after hearing this on our we're show. We're teasing about it because we both love Scott, and he's a good friend to both of ours. But So so here's the here's the other reason why Scott. Okay. okay. We, we talk about formidable years. First Madden game I got, my favorite player at that time was Barry Sanders. I want to be a running back. My dad was a running back in college. Like, I was going to be a running back. So, of course, I play with the Lions when it's Barry. Well, in both Madden and NFL Blitz, which were my two favorite games, who was the quarterback on the Lions during those years? It was Scott Mitchell. Yeah. So, unbeknownst to me, I didn't even know he prepped at Springville. I didn't know he was from Utah, played at University of Utah. But I played I played more video game games with Scott Mitchell at quarterback. Granted, I was handing it off 90% of the time to Barry Sanders, <laughs> but still played more video games with Scott Mitchell as a quarterback than any other one. There's a great story with Scott because had he chosen to come to BYU, Ty Detmer would not have come to BYU because they're wow. in the same wheelhouse. And he goes to Utah because they promised he could play as a freshman. Well, and then Ty came in. What they told Scott Mitchell still blows me away. Um, they, they told him, Listen, we may have Ty Detmer coming in too. So if it doesn't work out at quarterback, we think you're a good athlete. We'll move you to another position. Yeah, that doesn't fly. And yeah. Utah said to him, "No, you're our starting dude the minute you get out get yeah. out of your car on campus." And so he went to Utah. <laughs> All right, so Mitchell's fifteen thousand yards in the pros, ninety-five TDs. Okay, right. we've talked good. enough about Scott. Let's move on no, to number okay. four. <laughs> We're never going to hey, hear the end of it. Not for not for his professional uh, exploits, although he had an honorable career. It's hard to make it in the NFL, but this guy there, um, I, I don't know if it could be greatest, but when you take into account hype, notoriety, attention, and then also results, even though that also, you know, there's been a few controversy or a few, a few um, documentaries made about some of his, the times there, but none due to him as the root cause. In fact, if anything, he was the glue holding it all together. But Tim Tebow, yeah. I think Tim Tebow, he, all levels of call. I mean, college football, as far as the product is, it might not be there with the NFL, but it is a one a and Tim Tebow was the king of college football for the better part of three years. Yep. He will always yep. have that slant pass 
with Denver to beat the Steelers yeah. in the playoffs. So he will yeah, always have Thomas. that. Thomas. Yeah, he'll, he'll <laughs> always have that. In college, he was you know, an unstoppable force because he would just yeah. run over yeah. fools in college and then throw it like he he was an amazing player in college. We got to give him yeah. a good choice. I, I didn't even think of Tim, yeah. Tim Tebow. All right, there's there's number five. What do you got? Uh, number five is again. This one goes back to formidable and I, so guys. Growing up an Aggie fan, um, I couldn't like Steve Young. Like that wasn't acceptable on the playgrounds. All right, because he went to BYU. Yeah. So in the league at that time, there was another lefty out there, about six foot lefty, running around playing for the expansion team, Jacksonville Jaguars. Mark Brunel yeah. is my number five. Mark Brunel. So I'll give you. So I'll give you some honorable mentions. Okay. Um, because we got a couple suggestions for you yeah, too on the some, live stream. The, so go the ahead. Chat's throwing some out here that I didn't. I thought. Yeah. I, a couple. So, I agree so here's my honorable mentions. The the next one. I just didn't watch him play, and I got to be honest, I don't know enough about his career other than, like, I love the persona, and I, I believe if I'm getting his nickname right, it's one of the best, but Kenny the Snake Stabler. Oh, yeah. He's, right? he's, a, he's so, a great player at college. At, he got the nickname the Snake because he would run all over the place in college at Alabama. Yeah. And then he, and and then he won those, Super Bowls those Raiders with, the, with the Raiders. With the long, nasty hair, stringy hair, you oh, know, yeah. like, <laughs> he just had that persona that was awesome. Yeah. yeah. Uh, um, Boomer. But like oh, yeah. I gotta be honest, guys, the Bengals were never really relevant for me growing up, especially when Boomer Sison was playing there. I like him as an analyst. I respect, you know, his entire career. But like there was nothing playing for the Bengals and I mean there there's nothing really like giving me allegiance to Boomer other than uh Boomer Sison, yeah. Other than, yeah. Other yeah. than he's is he a he's a Hall of Famer, right? I think so. I think he is. He's been he's so. been a host to analysts on uh, some big network. He sounds NFL like one when, yeah, he's on, so, when he's on TV. Yeah. Yeah, Jim Zorn. So anyway, some of the guys on the stream uh, threw out Jim Zorn from yeah, the Seahawks. Yeah, Jim Zorn from Seahawks. So, yeah. Got, yeah. Jim, Jim Zorn's another one. Steve Largent throwing it down. My dad played in a high school all-star. Uh, it was a Utah versus Arizona, um, I, I believe. I, I think I'm getting my stories right, but I'm pretty sure. Anyway, played against Jim Zorn. So I heard stories about Jim Zorn, but – he was by the time I be kind of kind of became aware and an NFL fan, he wasn't there yet. But I so I know Jim Zorn though more as a coach and as a quarterback. Like he was grooming a lot of those guys uh, coming up in the early two thousands and a great offensive mind, a great quarterback. Yeah, Riley, as, um, your, as your oh, go ahead, go ahead. I got two more honorable mentions. Okay, um, uh, member of the faith, converted member of the faith, and another the greatest. Yes. Uh, had one of the greatest collegiate careers that anyone could ever ask for. Four-year starters, so many big games. One of the most accurate, poised, best decision making you know, best decision makers I've ever watched play. Kept Boise in the uh, in the limelight after kind of the initial, right. you know, they had the initial win in the Fiesta Bowl and all that, but he kept them relevant and competing at the top. Kellen Moore. Yeah, so that's great. Kellen Moore's yeah. my next and, honorable and mention. You know, and did you know that Kellen's? Uh, so he's married to Julie. Um, Julie's dad was a defensive back at BYU. Did you know that? No, I didn't. Yeah, Julie, so. Wilson, Julie Wilson's dad was a was a defensive back here at BYU back in the seventies. So he married a, a BYU football player's daughter. So of course, eventually he was going to join the faith. And and yeah, yeah. no, I, I'm with you, Kellen Moore. He's the winningest quarterback in the history of college football. That's that's all you have to say, right? Yep. About Kellen, yeah, he's. Amazing. I mean, he was must see TV. Every anytime Boise was on, and he was pulling the pulling the trigger. You watch that one of the prettiest deep balls that left hand release. And then my last one, because we got to keep it all in the fraternity. 
And I apologize to any of the older generation <laughs> that maybe I would have missed out, but I do remember this dude. I especially remember him uh, in a game in Ronnie Stadium. I think it was in 98 when BYU, or sorry, when Utah State was up, I think 28 to 3 at halftime, maybe even 31 to 3. Or sorry, Utah State was up 28 to 3 at halftime or 31 to 3, and a little lefty from Canada comes back and leads him to a 34 to 31 victory. Kevin Federick oh, is the yeah. next to my honorable mention. We're all in the BYU fraternity. Kevin, you know, had a good little run there. I think he does he I'm pretty sure he holds the single game yards record. Is that right? He might. He might. I think he threw for like 600 plus against Hawaii at some point, but anyway, Kevin's my uh Kevin's my last honorable mention. So there you go, there fellas. You go. There's my list. Who 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 else did I forget? Uh, Riley, you named every left-handed quarterback that ever played the game. So I think we <laughs> I think we've got him. I think we've got him. Tua Tagovailoa is the only one. Tua, that's right. Guys stick together, but uh, you know I appreciate what he did at Alabama. But for me to like put him on the list of greats, he's got a little bit more work to do. During your enlightenment, there, uh, the Coug dude joined us from Modesto. Steve from Olympia, Washington. Eric checked in from Singapore, and Richard from Panama. So the whole world yeah, just heard your top just five. Heard your top five and yeah. your five honorable mentions. How, how, yeah, I, lo- I love it when hey, just check. It's morning in Singapore, but I'm listening to wise guys. Or hey, we're down in Panama. It's just it's so it's so fun to have. We were just saying we, we value our fans in Lehigh and Provo, um, uh, but it's it's really cool when people get on in the morning from the other ha- you know the other side Australia of the world. Really cool, that. Riley. Give us a score for Saturday. What do you got? Yeah, um, man, Cougars always find a way to generate more points than kind of their yards justify. And uh, you mentioned that TCU is going to be giving up a little bit more yards. I think I think they cracked forty for the first time. I uh, but. Um, and, and then I think they struggle. I, I kind of think this one, I think because of the injury and I think the offense is going to have a get right game. And because of their propensity to kind of overproduce on the scoreboard, uh, 42, 28, we, we serve them. We give them a little bit of payback for all those tough losses during the Patterson years. Wow. 42, 28. All right. Mr. Life's too, life's too short to cheer for unders guys. That's right. Life's too short to ever throw out a score. That's like, Less than 50 or 60 nowadays. Vegas, so that's why I'm going high. Vegas loves guys like you. They I love, love that, that mentality. <laughs> I love Mr. it. Mr. Football, 2005 Deseret News, 84 touchdowns up at Logan High, 4,000 yards. Uh, fantastic high school career and uh, one of our favorite BYU players of all time. Riley Nelson, thanks for joining us, and we, we hope to catch you soon. Hey, and, and, and you know what? I never get to see your dad anymore, Riley, so, so give Keith a big hug for me when you see him, okay? I will. I'll give him my best, and I just want to say to – Everybody chiming in, Panama, like, you guys don't know, your involvement in Cougar Nation and tuning in to stuff like this gets mentioned. We talked about recruiting a little bit earlier in the interview. Yeah, It gets mentioned in those recruiting about, like, the the depth and breadth and true global nature of is, is truly setting apart. So for everybody that tunes in, and you guys are doing a great show, increasing the platform and all that, but love Cougar Nation. Thanks to you guys for having me on, and y'all have a good evening. Thanks, Thank Riley. You. Glad you, your ribs are better and your back and your knee and your ankle and all that stuff. It's yeah, a whole you new bet. you. It's yeah. a whole new you. Thanks, Riley. Our future guests next week, Brian McKenzie, going to join the wise guys. Yeah. Marcus is the, the uh, trigger man uh, on uh, special the, teams. The great running back, Brian McKenzie, p- produced a corner. And Dominique and, is and, on and, his mission. And, and He'll Dominique, soon have both here. come back and play wide receiver. Two of the fastest recruits in BYU history, Brian's boys. Brandon Doman and Wally Joyner are going to join us 
October 24th as we get ready yeah, for Texas. We love, always love having Brandon. How about having Wally come come join us? Right in the World Series. going to be yeah, awesome. Wally is... Uh, like, do you, do you remember the days when it was Wally World? Like, yeah. they literally are calling Anaheim Stadium Wally oh, World yeah. because Wally Joyner was just dominating Major League Baseball. We're going to go back in time with Wally Joyner. Yeah. He's excited. Our next guest is Corinne Nelson. No relation to Riley Nelson, our previous so guest. It's an all-Nelson show tonight. The BYU Alumni Chair in the Dallas-Fort Worth area where they're getting ready to host the Cougars this weekend as BYU comes to play TCU. And, uh, Corinne, we welcome you to the Wise Guys. Thank you for... Uh, for waiting a little bit, Riley proceeded to uh, discuss every left-handed quarterback that played in the, in the game of, of college football. <laughs> football, and because he had an honorable mention list, too. and we just let him roll. How uh, how are you tonight? Good. Oh, oh there you go. What? Uh, how's exci- how excited is everybody to have the four and one Cougars coming to town? Oh, we're very excited. We love our Cougars to come to Texas. Are they playing better than you thought in this first year in the Big Twelve? Absolutely. How exciting is that? Yeah. Hey, you know, initially, when we talked about this early in the show, TCU was working hard to limit the ticket access for BYU fans. I mean, they came right out and said, we're, we're going to make it tough for BYU fans to take, to have a stadium takeover. D- did, that, did that ease up at all uh, for BYU fans as this game has gotten closer? And, and how many Cougar fans do you expect to see in that stadium on Saturday? That is a very good question. No, they haven't eased up. They have a keep it purple campaign, which has been very difficult for us, <laughs> but it never keeps our Cougars away. So it is impossible to know how many tickets because they were all sold through third party vendors. So we have no idea how many are going to be there, but I expect there's going to be a great, great crowd there. If given the opportunity, you'd put 20,000 BYU fans in there, couldn't you? If, if, the, if it was oh. old TCU days easy we could do that that's why they uh actively tried to keep us out because they know we (laughs) that well we had a great response to the book drive in kansas and filling a food pantry in arkansas with the byu alumni service projects around these road games what project are you guys rolling out we are doing a good night sleep campaign for the refugee families that are coming into texas our chapter over the last several years has been heavily involved with helping um, our refugee families. And we are so excited to be able to launch our good night sleep campaign for this tailgate. We are collecting pillows, blankets, sheets, any kind of bedding, comforters, mattress covers, so that we can provide those um, refugee families a wonderful good night sleep. Hey, is there is there a way that people that, that are listening to us or that, that may come and listen to the podcast later on, that are not attending the game or uh, that live outside of the Dallas area, is there a way for them to contribute and help with this project? Absolutely. We are working with a partner, Action Alliance International, and they have a set up a Walmart um, wish list as well as a Venmo. And both of those people can contribute to either one of those. Amber from New York on our live stream tonight says, uh, Hey, uh, what great energy to see in uh, Corinne as, uh, as an alum who's not going to be in Texas but now has information on how, how she can get involved and, and help out. This, uh, this isn't just a football game when BYU hits the road, is it? It's not. It is so much bigger than that, and we are so excited to be able to contribute to um, and serve the people of Fort Worth. 
Uh, Corinne Nelson is with us, the BYU alumni chair from the Dallas-Fort Worth area. Uh, she's making her debut on The Wise Guys. Yeah, are you nervous to be it's, on The Wise Guys? debut. I'm so excited. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> that's awesome. Hey, tell us what else is going on um, with, with BYU alums in, in this area around the game this Saturday, in addition to oh. the, 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 the service project. We have an amazing tailgate all planned. We hope everyone will come and join us. Um, we, because of the limited seating in the stadium, I have um, gotten some great big screen TVs. So anybody that comes to the tailgate, we will be able to watch the game from the tailgate. Oh, nice. We're going to Texas barbecue. We're going to have lots and lots of games. Cosmo and the cheerleaders, of course, are coming to get us ready to cheer our cougars on. And there will be all kinds. There's going to be mint brownies and cougar tails. It's it's going to be a great time. We hope everyone will come. Every, you know, Dave served his mission down Texas, and and everybody always talks about like Texas has the best barbecue. You can't beat. There's no other state that has better barbecue than Texas. The question I have is, is it true that the oh, best barbecue? Well, no, is that the best barbecue? Yeah, the, the, that the barbecue place has to be attached to a gas station or it's really not, not the best. Is that true? That is true. And the barbecue <laughs> that our tailgate is from a gas station. That's awesome. That is great. Uh, Dirk is with us from New Mexico on our live stream. I know you've been studying up for this next question. Uh, what are the keys for BYU to get a win out of there on Saturday? I hope that the <laughs> Cougar fans in that stadium can get them um, – really excited i think it's obviously going to be offense right we yeah. need our cougar right riley nelson's just predicted they were gonna score what do you say 48 i go back and look at 42 oh, 42, 42 28 riley has him 42 28 that i'd be flabbergasted if they scored 42 but that that's awesome so, so you've been in texas for a long time um now that byu starts popping in as a member of the big 12 conference how big of a deal is it for the alumni in the area Oh, we're so excited. We we always, whenever any sport has come to Texas, we've always had a great turnout, and we are super excited now to be able to have them regularly. I think it's got everybody so excited. If if Now, that flag that you've got flying behind you, I'm assuming that's going to be outside on a flagpole someplace on display on Saturday, right? Or do you have there, another one? There are 30 of those flags oh, flying. Oh, okay. That's what I wanted to hear. So we, we've been asking everybody um, as we started the show, uh, th this question, if you could give Kalani the gift for his birthday today of a win among the remaining teams on the schedule for his birthday, what would it be? Well, and, TCU. Ah, that's what I figured. That's what I figured. That's, that makes perfect sense. I'm giving, I'm giving him the Oklahoma game. but A lot of people have been saying Oklahoma, Texas, yeah. but you're right. There have been a few, and including you, of, well, let, let's just start with the very next one, yeah, which is on right. Saturday. Well, that, gets, that would get him to 5-1, and one, which would be an amazing start and way beyond anyone's expectations if they could get this one Saturday. Corinne, we're going to roll out five questions at you, and, and this is where we're going to reveal uh, who you are to the general public like never before. Uh, that's what Great. we do here on The Wise Guys. Blaine, you ready? Yep. Um, here we go. Your favorite sports movie? The Blind Side. Blind Side. Oh, Good yeah. Sandra Bullock is great in that. And Tim and Tim McGraw, right? Tim McGraw, yeah. He's like her husband. Yeah, wow. The singer. That's amazing. So um, your favorite, hey, speaking of singers, yeah. your favorite singer or band? How about Little Texas? Little Texas. Okay, Little Texas. That's appropriate. Yep. Your favorite breakfast cereal? 
mini wheats. Mini wheats. Oh, is there any uh, frost wait, on that, or is it please, just straight mini wheats? Please tell me the frosted mini wheats, not just the plain oh, old. Frosted, yeah. frosted. Because the plain old one, you might as well just go out into a hay field and, and just, just take get a some bite. hay and just put milk on it. Just go take a bite. So thanks, thanks for the frosting. Okay. Your favorite ice cream flavor. Oh, Graham Canyon from the Creamery. Yeah, that's yeah, a popular. That's one. a very popular one. And your favorite BYU memory? The BYU football games. Actually, camping out the night before to get tickets for the BYU football games. Yo, what was the best game you ever saw in the stadium? Uh, when we beat Miami. Oh, were you Where in were the you stadium sitting? that for that one? Oh I man. I was on the field. It was the most incredible. I will never forget it. <laughs> I will not I either. Yard line. Oh really? And so did you? Uh, did you see Ty running off like a crazy man to get to the locker room when the game was over? Yes. <laughs> what a game! What a night! That I, I I would agree that 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 is as electric as I have ever seen Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Hey, something amazing. Yeah. Corinne, what uh, what can folks? Where do folks go to get information on the tailgate? Do they need to sign up or can they just show up? And and where can they find a map to where you are? Um, they can just show up, but I would really love it if they would sign up ahead of time because it helps me with numbers. Um, and they can go to, if you Google BYU tailgates, it has all of the tailgates listed and just click on the BYU TCU game and you can buy tickets right there. Okay. Awesome. The link's in. Um, there we go. Yeah. Just ask, Jack, just put the link in just as we were asking that question. So it's right there for folks that are. Follow, just click on the link and register so that Corinne knows how many people are coming to this thing. So look, when you're at... If you show up on game day, you you are not guaranteed barbecue because I have to Wait, order that. What if Dave and I just show up just out of the blue? Well, so, then I will make sure you get barbecue. Oh, that's See, awesome that's what, that's what I. That's what we <laughs> want to hear. That's awesome. Um, so look, when you're, when you're at the tailgate, let everyone know you're on the Wise Guys this week and uh, your street cred I, will plummet. But then you'll be able to get it back. Yeah. Uh, but we're just glad to, to have you hang out with us for, for a little bit. Well, thanks so much for having me. Have a wonderful weekend. Enjoy all the Cougar fanness. Get us a win down there, and we will talk to you soon. Now that we're coming every other year probably, um, we expect you to be a regular on our show. Well, I sure hope so. I would love that. All right, Corinne. Have a great weekend. Thanks, Corinne. So much. Corinne Nelson. So she's in charge of all that BYU tailgate service project and and of course she's got an army there working with her because that's how yeah, the alumni association don't, don't you does love it. that um every place that byu goes um when they go to play a football game they leave that place better than they found it but yeah. with these service projects they've had such great um participation in service projects and are doing a lot of good in those communities ross says heading to fort worth for the game wish tcu had played better last week Hard to believe they can play that badly two weeks in a row. Um, well, they've lost two in a row, so this would be a third week yeah, in a row. Yeah. Um, but uh, we'll see. BYU's going down there hungry and ready to get after it. So have a great time at that game, and we appreciate all the comments. Saratoga Springs uh, in with us and um, everybody else on the, on the live stream. And great to have Corinne. We love having the alumni leaders on here. Um, because, you know, the purpose of this show is to kind of pull everyone together. together. Yep. And right now, the world of Cougar Nation is heading to Fort Worth this weekend, and it sounds like it's going to be an awesome tailgate party. Yep. Hey, somebody just a little bit ago, further up on the chat, mentioned that he missed us at 5 o'clock today. He was looking for after further review. 
Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, it was a bye week, so we had after further review last week. By the way, you can watch last week's after further review uh, on the BYU TV app, and then we're back with a whole new show next Tuesday at 5 o'clock Mountain Time on BYU on the TV app and on ESPN+. Plus. We'll break down the TCU game, and then we will preview the October 21st showdown against Texas Tech. That's the uh, first Cougars-Red Raiders game in 83 years. 83 years. So after further review, next week, just before an all-new yeah. Wise Guys. And uh, and thanks, Joel. Joel Harris says, welcome back, Blaine. So um, appreciate him. Welcome me back to the country. Velo was here and, last week. Yeah, we missed, were loose with the rules yeah. last week. Were you, what, oh, yeah, it was something else. Like yeah, well, because so, Belo was yeah, here. Because Belo was when here. When Belo's here, like you can't, you you can't oh, stop him. You can only hope to contain him. Just yeah, a little bit. So we, I, we contained him to two and, hours. And I was I was gone. I was out of the. Well, actually, last week I was in Dallas at a meeting, and then went straight from Dallas to Amsterdam, and then home from Amsterdam overnight last night and into today. So, so thanks, Joel. It's good to be back in the good old United States and uh, and back on the show. One so. of the big stories this week. Uh, and we'd love for everyone on our live stream to uh, to join us and give us your opinion on this. Is all of a sudden news popped up that negotiations are back on and continuing to bring Gonzaga into the Big 12 right. for basketball. An announcement that uh, a lot of folks are reporting could be next week or in two weeks or even early into the new year. But um, that looks like it's probably going to happen. It was We were talking about it before. Right. Um, and then Arizona joined the league. And so let's talk about it for a moment. Do we, do we need Gonzaga in the Big 12? Is it overkill just to bring in another top 10 powerhouse? Uh, and is that good for BYU? It's, I don't think it is good for BYU. It, is it good for Gonzaga? It's great for Gonzaga. But we're it, not worried about Gonzaga. Yeah. What does this mean for BYU? Is it good for BYU for the Big 12 to add more beef and bring in Gonzaga? I, it, it's... It was already the best basketball league in America without question. And, it, and yeah. it's not close, right? And now you add the Zags. It's, here's Would the you thing. add the Zags? Would you do it? Well, I, it depends on what your goal is. You know, do you, World domination? Then you yes. Do, <laughs> <laughs> then you might as well go get UConn too, right? Right. Add another top 10 team. Because they talked about that as well. UConn for all sports. And, and maybe we'll hear that coming down the pipe later. Yeah, but, maybe that'll come back up. Um, but the Zags thing the, just I mean, back the, on. League, the league doesn't need Gonzaga. To, to have credibility, but but I think your mark's just like, you know what? We, we're going to make this so far and away the best basketball conference in America that that nobody's ever going to catch, no matter who they add, nobody's ever going to catch this league in basketball. No. And by adding Gonzaga and perhaps UConn down the road, you kind, you kind of do that. Ruthie says we don't need Gonzaga. Well, they don't need them, but... But it certainly gives the league even more credibility. And here's what the Zags do bring. They trend young in their research. Mm -hmm. uh, when the, when Gonzaga is playing somebody, more people watch. Mm -hmm. they're, they're the Cinderella story of, what, the 80s? But then the Cinderella transformed into their, their every year top 10. They're top 10 team. They're they not get, a Cinderella they, story they, anymore. They they're get, a powerhouse. They get top 10 recruit. They got two national players of the year, back-to-back -back recruits. Yeah. And they persecuted BYU in the West Coast Conference. Well, and, and here's an interesting thing, though. For Gonzaga, be careful what you wish for if you're Gonzaga. I right. mean, Mark, I, you and I have tremendous respect for Mark Few, and we, we like Mark, and he's done a f tremendous job. But they just go win the WCC every year and win that tournament every year, and it's just a given. Like, and we did, we've done that tournament, you and I, for the last 10 years. We, we just assume they're going to win that tournament every year. 
And they, not, and they do most of the time. They're, they're not going to go win the Big 12 every year. No. Joel they're, says, uh, round ball plus, if the Big 12 doesn't get them, someone will. And the question yeah, is, Pac-12 is disappearing. What, are they going to go to the ACC and decide we want to play all our games on the other side of the country? Big Ten's not going to. They're not interested in Gonzaga, and neither is the SEC. Right. So I don't know. If we don't take them, they just stay, I think. Yeah, they just stay in the WCC. They're still great. They still go out, and they're still a top-ten team. But but uh, who knows? Maybe this allows them to be even better. Is that possible? Now maybe the maybe 12, it does. I maybe mean, they get another top ten player every year. <laughs> it's it, it. What it is is it's not good for BYU. No, because that's just another juggernaut that BYU has to compete yeah. with. Yeah, and, and that's not to say BYU can't uh, elevate and 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 recruit and enjoy all the benefits that come from being in the Big Twelve uh, in time because there's a a recruiting base and all that. But man, it just makes life more difficult. Yeah. Yes, it does. And it's going to be super hard to begin with. Uh, but so when I heard of Gonzaga, I thought, uh, you know, if we just want to be better than everybody else, sure. But if, if you look at it and go, what does it mean to my team? Uh, it's, it's, it's not good. It's just one more really good team to have. It's not to bothering Kansas. They'll go, sweet, give us, another, give us another big RPI game. So Kansas what? Kansas doesn't care. Baylor, but, Baylor doesn't care. No. You no. know what? Arizona doesn't care. Arizona, Kansas State doesn't care. Yeah. Texas Tech, I'm not sure they care. But you know who cares? BYU cares. Houston doesn't care. Houston doesn't care. Utah but, would but care. Iowa State cares. Utah cares. Colorado cares. BYU cares. Arizona State cares. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll keep you posted. But that is the uh, buzz uh, uh, going on with Gonzaga, which died down, and now it's now it's it back. is back. It's back. So Cougars in the NFL. What a, what a weekend. Let's roll through a couple of those. Yeah. How about Puka again? Seven catches for 71 yards and a touchdown, a 23-14 loss to the Eagles. He just keeps rolling. And guess what? We've been asking, what happens when Cooper Cup comes back? Well, when Cooper Cup comes back, they both catch seven or more balls. Yeah, yeah. Cooper Cup had they, like 95 yeah, they, yards. They didn't, they didn't stop targeting Puka. And that, that, that's one of the top receiver combos in, in the NFL right now. Yeah, and, and it's, it's must-see. The Rams now, they've got a running back. they got a quarterback. they got those two receivers. they got... Uh, Higby, a decent tight end. They're in the, in the league now that is points. Yeah. They're in it. They got and, a shot to make some noise. And Puka is not only making a push for the rookie of the year in the National Football League because he's just setting all kinds of right. He's making a push to be in the Pro Bowl yeah. as a rookie. That's awesome. I'm trying to think of the last BYU player that was a Pro Bowl as a rookie. I I can't think of one. Well, well Vice Hemo was. Was he as a rookie? Yeah, he was a, his rookie. He was a Pro Bowl punt returner. Oh, yeah, we heard that story. Yeah. Got him there. Yeah. yeah. So has, there, has there been a rookie BYU player in the Pro Bowl since Vi? I don't think 1986? so. 1986? That's a long time. And, yeah. and, and Puka's making a push if he can keep it rolling. Zach Wilson got a win over at Denver for the Jets, 31-21. to 21. He was 19 of 26, 199 yards. Had an interception, but he got the win. I thought he, there was a time where he'd completed, I think, um, like 14 of 16 passes or something. He got in his groove. Jets went on the road. They play the Eagles coming up, and then after that, their schedule gets a little lighter. They can get to the they, playoffs they, with Zach play, Wilson. Played, I mean, Broncos were a nice break because they have played murderer's row in that league of defenses, um, and he just seems to be getting more and more comfortable. Wouldn't you just love to see him just go on a roll Yeah, and just I would. shut everybody up? Yeah. yeah. I, I, th I, th I thought he played really well this last week. How about Fred Warner? 
Um, a that's sack, Zach an should avoid. a forced fumble, and a 42-10 win over the Cowboys, who were supposed to be the best team in the league. If Zach sees Fred, he should just go in the other direction yeah. as fast as Fred, um, who was I? I was seeing somebody, um, Sam Acho, talking about him on one of the big NFL shows, and he said he's a transcendent player. Like, he's not, he's not just the best linebacker. Like, he's one of the best players in the league, period. Yeah, and he's smart. Uh, he's great with the media. He loves the game. He's having fun out there. Uh, he's the epitome of what the NFL would love to have as a linebacker. Oh, he in is. every market. He is special, special player. Yeah, and such a good dude. Um, this week's games start with Thursday's game. Hey, by the way, I won my uh, fantasy league. I was playing my grandson. I won my first game this week. I won by point zero six. I almost felt bad. Oh. That's that's six yards for one player. Teach your young grandson. He needed one of his players to get six more yards to beat me. Tell him a win's a win. Win's a win. So <laughs> Just win and move so, on. So Thursday, the Broncos at the Chiefs. Um, so and Andy Reid's Chiefs, uh, and that's one you know what, the Chiefs should handle. With Kelsey banged up, maybe Matt Bushman can get back yeah. in the in the active roster. Chiefs will handle business in that one. Mark my words. Sunday, Tyler Algier got a little more carries this week. The Falcons host the Commanders. And then the, the Colts and Blake Freeland are at the Jags. Blake Freeland uh, got a start here, his first start just a couple of weeks ago. Good for him. Yep. Panthers at the Dolphins. Chris Brooks seems to keep... Yep. Getting keep, in. Keep getting in and, and uh, seeing getting some reps. Uh, the Vikings with Jaron Hall and Kyrus Tonga are at the Bears this this Sunday. Fred Warner and the Niners are at the Browns where he'll uh, reunite with Sione yeah, Takitaki. Two, two of the best backers that have come through BYU in a long time, both both uh, representing their teams. And then Saints, the Saints and Taysom Hill and Jamal Williams are at the Texans. Kyle Van Noy back with the Ravens. Back in the NFL with the Ravens, and they play at the Steelers. That's right, and the Cardinals are at the Rams, and we already documented how fun the Rams are to watch with Puka Nakua. Yeah, I find myself just looking for the Rams now with Puka there. Yeah, and Eagles are at the Jets. That's going to be a tough one for Zach, but he's going up against uh, one of the two undefeated teams in the NFL. Right. I'll tell you what, the Jets' schedule out of the gate. Can you believe this is schedule? Unbelievable. How did yeah. they get that tough of a schedule? Yeah, it's one of the, the good worst news is it doesn't stay that tough. But no, my it, it, word. one of the worst in the league through this number of weeks, and then it then it eases off a little bit. And then Monday night, Michael Davis is going to get a chance to pick off Dak Prescott, and yep. he appears to be throwing interceptions yeah, left and Dax right. Cowboys, Cowboys at the Chargers Monday night. So, hey, how about some campus headlines? Let's do it. Um, soccer is now eleven one and three. Do you hate that they have ties? Yeah, I really do. I just want I want PKs for wins, or, or at least uh, or some overtime. Some play some extra time. Do something. So eleven, one, and three. Do you realize they have ten ties in the last season and a half? I know it's ten. Yeah. Uh, well, when they get into the national playoffs, then they then they play then they have playoffs. So, yeah. um, so new ranking, they're number eight in top drawer soccer. Did Coach poll come out yet? Yeah, it just came out. They're number eight. They dropped a spot from seven to eight. So seven to eight. So they're eight in both polls then. Um, they tied number seven, Texas Tech, two to two. Yeah, that was a tough one. Yeah, defeated, defeated Kansas State two to zero. That's their first Big 12 home win. That was Monday. That was yeah. good. Uh, Thursday, they're at Oklahoma State, 6 p.m. on ESPN+. And then Monday, uh, they're at Oklahoma, 6 p.m. on ESPN+. This is the swing where uh, Thursday, time, Monday, which, which can be challenging for a team that doesn't yeah. practice on Sunday. Right. Um, but it's Oklahoma State, Oklahoma. That's so much better than, you know, we love Pepperdine and Pacific. But Oklahoma and Oklahoma State are different. Yep. And that's yep. the league they're in. Volleyball's 14-3, and 3-2 three, three and two in the Big 12. Moved up a spot to number 9 in the top 25. They beat Oklahoma 3-0, went over to Norman and swept them. Great response after dropping 
Back-to-back matches with Texas the week before. They are at home Friday against Texas Tech, 7 o'clock Mountain on ESPN Plus at the Smith Fieldhouse. And same thing on Saturday night. So the Red Raiders are here for two Friday and Saturday on ESPN Plus. And they get they get o'clock. those. That's how they had the two losses of Texas. Yeah. Though you go on the road and you go back to backs against the same team. So that's a chance to to shore up, get to get to sixteen and three, and yep. keep moving. Yep. So how about cross country? Uh, one of the premier programs at BYU. Number three, BYU's men's team um, at the Nuttycomb Wisconsin Invitational on Friday. National champion uh, Connor Rooks is making his season debut at this meet. So the last time he ran, he finished tenth in the world. Yeah, and now and, now, now he's, and he's coming after game. a Big Twelve championship. Oh, he's got. Do you, is there any doubt? No, no. So. You know, and 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 he's got a team of. Oh, they're I mean, deep. They're deep. They're deep. The women are ranked number six. They're in uh, Virginia on Saturday of this week at the XC twenty three pre nationals invitation, and that team is also outstanding. Cougar yeah. stats put out an interesting stat today. Oh yeah, about about the combined, right? So, yeah. um, they they put a graphic out that shows BYU's fall sports team. So they count football, soccer, and women's volleyball. Stack up how they stack up against the rest of the Big Twelve. So BYU's in first place. Um, they're twenty nine five and three. That's amazing. Um, Think about that. Yeah, Texas is two at twenty six seven and two. Central Florida twenty five and ten at number three. Oklahoma State is in fourth as as in fourth at fourteen and seven, and TCU is in fifth at twenty three thirteen two. So they're ahead of Texas, which has the largest athletic budget in, in America. Country. Yep, and BYU in their first year at this level of competition, so far as out yep. uh, out dueling the Longhorns. Yeah, that's amazing. That's pretty amazing. Chicago Marathon over the weekend, former Cougar National Champion Connor Mance was the top American finisher and sixth overall uh, with a time of 2.07.47. And then... That's flying. Former Cougar Clayton Young was the second best American finisher, seventh overall. He was at 2.08.10. They're both going to compete in the U.S. trials in February for a spot at the Olympics where they can go over and see Jimmer oh, right. once yeah, Jimmer makes that be team. In three and three in Paris. Uh, in Paris next summer. Track and field head coach Ed Eystone's been on the show before. He was on the broadcast team announcing the Chicago Marathon. Yeah, he does, he and says, here come his guys. He says, yeah, I do it once in a while. Every once in a while I do, do a, a show. Or How about two. that? He's doing that, and, and here come not only are two of his guys, they're the top American, top American finishers. finishers. Yeah. What a day for His BYU. credibility was all time this last <laughs> weekend. So pretty fun stuff. And Chicago's one of the big ones. You know, you've got New York, Boston, Chicago, Berlin. Um, what's the other one I'm trying to... But, but Chicago's a big, big marathon. Yeah, so that's, that's really them. cool. They get international folks from all over the world. So uh, PGA Tour, congrats to former Cougar Patrick Fishburne, who is moving on uh, from the Corn Ferry Tour after earning his PGA Tour card. You got How his about card. that? That's something you and I will never have. No, we won't. We PGA play with card. PGA Tour card holders sometimes. Yeah. Yes, we do. And they and we they, don't compete. No we, no, we don't. We just play for fun. Men's Hoops. Mark Pope's ready to roll it out. Midnight Madness. That's October 19th. The Blue-White game is October 26th. You and I yeah, will be on, on the BYU call. TV, yep. Uh, exhibition openers live Pacific, November 1st. We got that. We'll be on that one. And then the season opener is against Houston Christian on November 6th. And we've got that one, too. Yeah, on ESPN Plus, you know, call it for ESPN Plus. It's so. going to be busy uh, and yeah. to have basketball and football now. Well, we, we, that crossover time for us gets a little bit crazy. Yeah. But, but lots of fun. We don't mind it. No. Nobody's complaining here. No. It, our job, go talk about football and have fun with our friends, and then we go sit courtside and watch some of the greatest athletes in the world run up and down and talk about basketball. 
It's not a bad gig. Yeah. And Mark Pope is excited about his guys. Yep. You can kind of see it in his yep. eyes when he addresses the media. So hey, how about the top 25? Um, Gary Parrish of CBS Sports, he, he gave out his preseason top 25. So here, here's a little big 12 update for you. Number one is Kansas. Number seven is Houston. Number 18 is Baylor. Number 20 is Texas. And then uh, BYU plays San Diego State again this year. That's a great rivalry. Uh, Dutch and his guys are going to come in. Brian Dutcher, uh, who's a good friend of ours. San Diego State's 13th in the preseason poll. They'll be at the Marriott Center on Friday, um, November 10th. And we'll be on that game. That's yeah, also on we'll ESPN+. That Plus. That'll be so, fun. That, that place will be rocking. Yeah, we, lo we love it when the Aztecs they, come Aztecs to the Aztecs win the championship or, game last or when, year. Yeah, and, and the Rock... Yeah. It's always rocking for that, and 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 vice versa. When BOU goes down and plays in Viejas, the show is always uh, out in full form. It, it really is a great college basketball rivalry. And what a strange, the Cougs. what a strange time for San Diego State. Remember, yeah. in the summer they thought they were going to the Pac-12, and so you know uh, basketball is like, hey, we're just in the national championship game. Yeah. Now we're going to the Pac-12. We have arrived, and then the Pac-12 dissolves in front of their eyes, and they go back to the Mountain West because there's nowhere to go. We yeah. thought maybe the Big 12 would pick them up, and they didn't. I'm, and surprised, so, I'm surprised they didn't, Just actually. crazy to, the, the, the impact. We talk about the impact the um, alignment had on all the teams that moved into new places. San Diego State was one they thought they were going, and then they weren't, and they're back in their old place. Uh, that, that wasn't a great expansion and, and story. What, what, about, what about Oregon State and Washington State? Yeah, their story's still unfolding. Yeah, what, what's going to happen with it? I mean, it's just, it's just craziness. So Women's basketball, they were picked 11th in the Big 12 preseason poll. We should get the men's poll out, I think, this week. Yeah. Texas is number one, followed by Baylor and Kansas. BYU picked ahead of the other three newcomers, Houston, Cincinnati, and Central Florida. And we, we've had Amber Whiting on the show, and... Um, she really likes this, the talent on this team. It's a very young basketball team, yeah. but from a, a pure talent perspective, um, if you, if you take recruiting rankings, this is probably the best basketball team ever assembled, uh, right. uh, women's basketball at BYU. And so, you know, there may be some ups and downs because of youth, but there, there, there's not a lack of talent on this basketball team. They do have a veteran in the middle with yes, Lauren do. Gustin. Uh, she, she was named preseason honorable mention. Keep that in mind. We're going to roll over a couple of stats. Last year, she led all NCAA divisions, men's or women's, by averaging 16.7 rebounds per game. Yeah, she set a single-season program record, 552 rebounds last season. 27 double-doubles last year, second most in the country. All-first-team all WCC, co-defensive player of the year. And what does that get her when the Cougars move into the Big 12? Honorable mention, all Big 12. Uh, her former BYU teammate, Shaylee Gonzalez, who we called a lot of games uh, uh, for that she played, also named honorable mention. And honorable mention is that's we're not sliding honorable mention. No. We're just saying that's the talent that's the difference, difference in the talent between the league. WCC and the Big 12. Superstar, honorable mention. Right. And um, and that'll fuel her a little bit as uh, she yeah. chases Tina Gunn's rebounding record. That's right. Record. Uh, for the women, exhibition opener November 1st against Westminster. That's 3 p.m. on uh, uh, Mountain Time. That'll be on BYU TV. The season opener is at Montana State on November 7th. And the home opener is Weber State. That'll be November 10th on ESPN+. Plus. On this day, on October 10th. Some interesting things happen. I love this segment of the show as we get close to yeah. uh, wrapping up for, for another week. Uh, 1845, the Naval School opens in Annapolis, Maryland, becomes the U.S. Naval Academy. That is one of the most beautiful campuses 
on the face of the earth. It, you, you've been back there. I have not oh, been to Navy. Oh my goodness. It, it is a beautiful place. Uh, 1845. Wow. In 1886, a day that I don't like <laughs> because I hate wearing these, but it's the day that the first tuxedo was worn to an autumn ball um, in, in Tuxedo Park, New York. Where's Tuxedo Park? Do you know where that is? I don't even know where it is, but I'm not happy about it because who, that, who wants to wear that tuxedo? Nobody. Should, do you think that guy is burning in a in a hot place? Tuxedo Park, New York. Uh, because when he came here to Earth, one of the things he did was he invented the tuxedo. Yeah, something should have been done. 1961, the Bob Newhart Show premieres on NBC. Yeah, in 1963, From Russia with Love premieres in London. That's the second James Bond film. 1963. You know, when you watch those, the uh, that's Sean Connery. Yeah. The, the, the gadgets are old school gadgets and all that stuff, but it's classic James Who's Bond. Who's the best James Bond for you? I, I probably, I, you know what? Uh, Roger Moore was when I was, yeah. when we were kids or teenagers. Um, I like Daniel Craig. I, I liked, I like Sean Connery, but the new stuff was with the new guys. Yeah. And so you kind of go I, to that. Pierce Brosnan and, and, and Daniel Craig. I th- Daniel Craig, I think, is my favorite, but. But old school, I like Sean Connery yeah. uh, of the old school guys. So He's classic. So um, the Beach Boys released Good Vibrations on this day in 1966. Wasn't that the theme for Orange Crush? Do, 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 do. Yeah. Uh, wasn't that their yeah. thing? Uh, 1976. Is the show even a show if I don't sing? I'm not going to do it tonight. Though. You're not going to do that one? The Giants Stadium opened up in East Rutherford, New, New York, New Jersey, and the Cowboys beat the Giants appropriately 24 to 14. Yeah, I'm trying to think what year I played in Giants Stadium. Now they don't even have... Uh, didn't you play Boston College? Yeah, we played them in, in 1985. In I think it was, yeah. To open up the season, I think we played them there in 85. So, um, 1978, Steve Perry joins Journey. And, he's he's and, not and with that, Journey now. That changed, that changed everything. Yeah. 1978. Those were all the Steve Perry was all the, the sang all the slow dance songs yeah. in high school. Yep. 1994. The New York Jet or Giants retire Lawrence Taylor's number 56. Has there been a better linebacker not named Fred Warner than Lawrence Taylor? Lawrence Taylor's the greatest pass rushing linebacker in the history of the game. So he was something. Night 2017 on this day, Marvel premieres Thor Ragnarok in Los Angeles. Might be my favorite Marvel movie. It was so cleverly written. Uh, Ragnarok came yeah. out on this day. That's, that's Chris Hemsworth, right? Yeah. Yeah. My Brent, my wife Brenda thinks he's a beautiful man. <laughs> I'm, Who doesn't? I'm not right? Shocked. Who doesn't? I'm not so. shocked to hear that. October 10th birthdays. Speaking of singers, 1954, David Lee Roth of Van Halen. 1969, Brett Favre, quarterback. Yeah, Ty Detmer's old teammate. Yeah. So I'm trying to think that Brett Favre, Ty Detmer, Mark Brunel, and who am I missing? All quarterbacks on that same Green Bay Packers team. Oh, uh, oh, the Rams quarterback that was slinging it um, that they made the movie about. Uh, Kurt Warner. Kurt Warner. All on that same roster. Wow. That's a, that's a crazy quarterback roster. Maybe the greatest quarterback roster of all time. Yeah, you might be right. 1974, Dale Earnhardt Jr., great NASCAR star, star was born on this day in 74. The Coog dude says, uh, my first cassette as a kid was Beach Boys and... Um, in the as an '80s kid that owned a 1966 Mustang, I'm an old soul. I yeah, guess he is an old you soul. You are an old soul. So. But, uh, 19. What did we do? Did we do Earnhardt already? Yeah, I did Dale Earnhardt. 1975. On this day, Kalani Sataki, as That's we opened right. the show with, he's the fourth youngest head coach in, in the, the Big, Big 12, 12 at 48. 75. October 10th deaths. Yule Brenner, 1985. Uh, a great star of the Ten Commandments. You know the, what the great line from Bill Brenner was on Broadway in The King and I. Yeah, he was good. 
He was good. The great line from that Ten Commandments is when he goes back after the the sea had closed on all his troops, and he goes back, and his wife's right there giving him the business, and he says, uh, uh, his God is God. Yes. Of the five-hour movie or that whatever it is, line. that's the best line uh, that, um, that, Yul Brenner that, that I liked from Yul Brenner. Uh, 2004, Christopher Reeve, Superman. Like, he was the Superman of the movies, right? Uh, paralyzed in a horse riding accident in 1995. He spent the next nine years confined to a wheelchair and a breathing ventilator. Passed away in 2004. I thought it was so ironic that, because we went to see all the Superman movies, right. and I just thought they were awesome. Um, you know, truth, justice, in the American way. And uh, and that, so here's this actor that portrays the Man of Steel and Invincible and is out riding his yeah. horse yep. and has an accident. His, his and then horse that's was it. his kryptonite. It was. And yeah. It's crazy. So, so our Wise Guys inspirational quote of the week comes from Christopher Reeve. Yep. And Christopher Reeve says, once you choose hope, anything's possible. A hero is an ordinary individual who finds the strength to preserve and endure in spite of overwhelming obstacles. If I can laugh, I can live. I'm not living the life I thought I would lead, but it does have meaning and purpose. Christopher Reeve. What a great uh, attitude. By the way, Mike Z, just me. Uh, got a comment in the live stream. Uh, said, I was on my mission when Lawrence Taylor broke Joe Theismann's leg. We hadn't even, now the visual's back in my head. Oh, man, I was Thanks, trying to forget Mike about Z. that, Mike. That was Lawrence Taylor, and yes, it was gruesome. I remember watching it on Monday Night yeah. Football, I think yeah. it was. And, and now that's what I'm thinking about. Now, now, you know what I'm thinking about? I'm thinking about your new book. Yeah, let's put up a picture of the new book. Yeah, C is for Cougars. It's the first BYU football children's alphabet book in the world. Look, now we have some of the pages because you were gone oh, last week. Oh, that's right. Now we have Look some of the pages. Available at Desert Book on November 7th. The perfect Christmas book for every BYU fan in the family. Um, there's a legend behind every letter. Uh, we'll, we'll post the address for pre-orders in the chat. Uh, the book's just fourteen ninety nine. Funny story, when I reached out to Matt Zundell... And I sent him a text. Because how many Z's are there? And he, not many. And he texts me back. He goes, because I had to get permission from everybody to be in the book. And, and he, he texts me back going, uh, is this a prank? <laughs> <laughs> I say, no, it's me. And here's what I'm doing. He's like, I never ever thought anyone would ask that for permission from me to be in a book about BYU football. I go, well, you got the, the right last name. He's got it, yes. And he caught a couple of touchdowns, one from Ty, a couple from Ty Detmer. I mean, you could have done Ziggy, but it's all last names. It's all names. last names. So, yeah, yeah, so you couldn't so. really, you couldn't change just for Ziggy. 26 Cougars uh, immortalized in C is for Cougar. It's like fourteen ninety nine. So I uh, hope you hope, I hope every BYU fan and Utah fan... <laughs> It's, the, it's a great, it's world. a great book, for, but it's it's a great Finds coffee it. it's a great coffee table book. Absolutely, because two things are never going out of style: the alphabet and BYU football. That's right. So there we go. Hey, last week, uh, we typically we play Caleb Chapman's Rise and right. Shout, but since you were gone, we saved it for this week. Oh yeah, because because we're coming there wasn't off the a game win last over week. You Cincinnati. Can only play it when there's a win. So BYU beat Cincinnati, and when the Cougars win, Caleb Chapman of Caleb Chapman Soundhouse, BYU alum, performs "Rise and Shout" on his saxophone. So tonight, we send you to bed with "Rise and Shout" after BYU's 35-27 win over Cincinnati. <laughs> Thank you. 
how hard it is to play rise and shout on the saxophone <laughs> i love that little riff you add the, a little flavor and that he adds and it's really fun thanks so. caleb thank to riley nelson and corinne nelson riley the former byu quarterback uh and i loved his i loved his top five left-handed quarterbacks yep. of all time and then i loved his top five honorable mentions right it's it, like basically he named every left-handed quarterback <laughs> in the history of the game yes he did and scott mitchell was on his top five all time That's scott right. congratulations congratulations uh, and then, of course, Corinne is the uh, BYU alumni chair in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, and, and those folks go into the game. And she, remember, she said, you don't even have to have a ticket because they're going to have TVs yeah, out in the tailgate. Which I think is really cool. That Just go hang that. out. Yep. And so, uh, hey, and don't forget, next week um, we'll be back to break down the game and, and preview the Texas Tech game. We're going to have Brian McKenzie with us, a great running back. That's and the father fun. of uh, two Cougars. Yeah, Marcus, two, Marcus and, and Dominique. Yep. Marcus, who's currently playing, Dominic, who's on a mission. Dominic's a receiver yeah. when he gets back, and and Marcus is the gunner on special teams and defensive two back. Two blazingly fast kids. How about that uh, Texas Tech start time, 5 p.m. local time, so 5 p.m. mountain. I can't even remember a 5 p.m. start. There's 8.15s, there's 7, 7.15s, there's 3.30, 1.30. But when it came out at 5 o'clock, I thought, well, what a strange time. that It'll be dark at halftime. Yeah, but what a strange time to start a game. Five p.m. That's yeah, okay. We get to start. We get to start our uh, game day show at three. Yeah, and I'm glad we're not. Which means you know, that there's there enough all time night. to get a workout in in the morning. Yeah, thank goodness. And then we don't have to stay up until in the middle of the morning on Sunday to yeah. finish. It's all good. Yeah. With me. So I, I'm all for five o'clock. So I just don't remember us having one. Uh, I don't remember one either. So hey, it's it's great to have BYU and TCU back together for the first time since comrades in the Mountain West Conference. Right? Yep. Or did we ever play him as an independent? I don't think we played him as an independent. I think it's been since conference play. Yeah, I, I can't. I can't recall any. I'm trying to think. Was Riley? Uh, Riley was our independent quarterback because he was, was he? playing. Was that uh, an independence we played? I him? think it was because he be, he was playing Notre Dame and those guys. Yeah. So I think it. Maybe, I think it is the first time since, since that game. Since that game, and I'm just going back on my. Was that 2011? Mine was 2011. Yeah, 2011. Um, and so they're back together, and it's going to be cool. It's on ESPN. We will see you at 11.30 a.m. Mountain Time on BYU TV for game day. That's right. And, uh, and, we'll get, sure and Austin Colley is going to hang out with us. That'll be fun to get his perspective on the receivers. Yep. Especially Chase Roberts, who was on the show last week. A lot of people think Chase Roberts and Austin Colley, you know, that Roberts is very much like Colley. The same, similar size, great hands. Speed that we saw. We saw mm -hmm. Roberts run away from Cincinnati. So, I mean, if Chase is going to be like anybody, be like Austin. Be like Austin. Yeah. So we'll have Austin with us. Good. It'll be fun. For Blaine Fowler, I'm Dave McCann. We're the Wise Guys. The podcast will be up tomorrow. Share it with your friends. Have a wonderful week. We'll see you Saturday on BYU TV. And again next week for, for this, for more Wise Guys. See you Saturday. <laughs>